This week in league, the Broncos send a cyborg back from the future to assassinate the leader of the manly resistance. What's love got to do? It's got to do with it. Fuck to my name, but Robert Louis is the wrong guy to ask, allegedly. England recalls some convicts and asks them to commit crimes against rugby league. And we'll preview all of the action for week three of the 2011 NRL final series. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 66 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. All right, housekeeping. Um, announcements were teased last week on the show. And as our Twitter and Facebook listeners would now know, they were revealed on Friday and Saturday over the course of the, pretty much over the course of the two finals games, weren't they? No, Thursday Or Thursday and Friday. and Friday, was it? So Friday was, a, okay, yeah, so Thursday and Friday. So what were the announcements to people who listen but aren't Twitter and Facebook fans? The announcements were the launch of our merchandise range, which uh, on Thursday we gave a bit of a teaser and we launched the Stubby Coolers, mm-hmm. uh, emblazoned with our logo and our website, which looked magnificent. Keep beer very cold. Yes, they do. And on the Friday night at halftime, in that travesty of a rugby league fucking Choke-a-thon. spectacle... That was the Tigers-Warriors game. The bright moment of the night was the launch of our range of caps. Genuine flex-fit caps, both flat brim for the hipsters and curved brim for the rest of the cool people that aren't hipsters, if that makes any fucking sense whatsoever. No. Yeah. But, you know, some people are into the flat brim. Personally, not my preference, but we like to cater to all of Twill Nation, not just people that have curved brim caps. Yeah, the flat ones are all right. Sorry? Flat brim hats are all right. I don't think I have the, the, the shaped head for a flat brim cap. Okay. You? So people with perfectly with a bulbous head heads. probably works. People with perfectly spherical heads can't wear flat brim people hats. Is that what you're saying? People with heads like a fucking orange <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't wear the flat brim. Uh, but go. the curved brim goes quite nicely, thank you very much. And uh, lazy Gen Y people love the love the flat brimmed hat. They do. They do. They kick it. <laughs> they rock it. <laughs> they fucking rock it. They grok it. <laughs> we have no idea what we're talking about. That's what the, the children. Look, that's the what hat, the children limbo is these days. The that's, caps look fucking amazing. I love excellent. them. I'm so proud of them. Got one one sitting straight in front of me at the moment. It looks fucking magnificent. I have one sitting over my crotch. I don't know why it's there actually, but a lot of spare space in there. We've got them well, in all exactly sizes. right. I just figure, <laughs> you know, it can conceal. Deadly weapons. Yeah, and... It's another use for them. You get, it doesn't just make you look cool. Conceals deadly weapons. Oh, okay, so you've got a gun in there as well there. <laughs> a Stanley knife. <laughs> a lot of people on Twitter saying to keep the Stanley knife out of your reach uh, tonight. Yeah, well, there's, within my reach is a Stanley knife and a screwdriver, and yeah. you, I suggest uh, that you move them. <laughs> the other thing is uh, the, t-shirt, urge. The, t- the T-shirts kind of fell off the radar a little bit because we're having trouble finding people who could actually print the design that we wanted to have. Well, um, search is over, really. Excellent. Got someone that can finally print the design, are happy to print the design. And so I think um, when I set the shop up for these hats and things... I will set up the uh, facility so people can pre-order shirts as well. Excellent. And uh, if we can get some pre-orders in pretty quickly, then you never know how quickly you'll get them. Uh, they, they seem to be able to do a reasonably quick turnaround. Um, 
I'm not sure if we'll be able to get them by the grand final. I mean, unless people really jumped on them quickly. But you never know. If you jump on quickly uh, as you're listening to it today, then you never know. So what's the ETR in the shop all going well, given oh, the fact that we... Uh, the, people who, the people who are listening to this now, the shop's all there. And you, so uh, you can find it on the website. And uh, when I tweet out about this episode, um, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, when I tweet out about the episode on uh, Thursday morning, then I'll have a link and everything. And um, we can go from there. And wow, they'll be there. They'll be there. Good to go. What a legendary effort. Yeah, it's all right. Legendary effort getting together, really. It's so good just to, I don't know, it's a proud moment, I have to say, seeing our logo emblazoned on a hat in such a cool way. Yeah, the flex good quality, yep. good quality caps as well, not cheap crap that you can buy elsewhere. And this this hat, is, it's literally is, this flex fit hat is identical to a Pennywise one I got at a concert in about fucking 1998 or whatever. They're still kicking. Yeah. So these hats, they can stand the test of time. Sure can. I have a Quicksilver one, and I think I have a Red Sox one, yeah. and a Yankees one. Pick which I don't know why I have both of those. You have two Mortal Enemy teams yeah. too. <laughs> but um, yeah, they just seem to fit my. I don't know. Maybe my. I think my head expands at times when the Tigers are winning and yeah. contracts. Right at the moment, it's the size of a fucking thimble. Because <laughs> um, when the Tigers are losing and their season's over, it contracts quite extensively. But your flex fit hat will go well, regardless. All right, and the other housekeeping thing is, we're gonna get these Twilly awards going. So also, yes, so also by the weekend, you're listening to this on Thursday. By the weekend, the voting thing's gonna be up. Simple as that. The we're survey, the, vote, the survey, where you'll be able to vote on our award categories. Now, if it's gonna be up, say let's let's set a let's set a time. Let's say it'll be up for, let's say Sunday morning. It'll be up. I so like that, it. So that gives you, as, a, as someone listening to show on Thursday, that gives you a couple of days if you've got any interesting categories or something like that that you might want to bring up um, to vote on. By all means, suggest it. And uh, we'll put, I mean, this suggestion, we're talking to you from the future now, but, you know, we'll put this suggestion up on Twitter, get, you know, give people, uh, you know, enough days to kind of think about it. But it will make it, okay, we'll draw a line in the sand. The, the voting will be up on Sunday. Simple. Yep. And let's not forget that the... The Twillies are a great deal of fun and it's good to interact and, and have a bit of fun with it and, and get our listener feedback in that way. But we also used a survey last year to get a, a lot of feedback um, on directions that we should take the show, some of which we've we've really um, put into play this year. Um, some of the merch, um, different things we've done with fantasy comps, tipping comps, um, some of the meetups we've had at games. So we do listen and we do act on it. We it's been a bit difficult this year to act on everything, but there are a lot of things in the pipeline as well. And the more feedback we get from the more listeners that t- take part in the survey, the better the show can be and the more we can tailor it to suit the ever-growing uh, number of, of members of Tour Nation. Cool. All right. That's it for the housekeeping. You done? Yes. First story I got here, Darren Lockyer, will he or won't he? Of At time of recording, I mean, there's still been no official decision made, but I think it's pretty clear that everyone everyone thinking you know, is thinking along the same lines. He will definitely be playing on uh, Friday night against Manly. For people who've been living in an absolute cave, though, <laughs> he broke his face on Saturday night. Yes, he did. Um, Friendly fire and all. Beal must be feeling like the biggest, <laughs> lowest dog in the oh, world. I, don't I mean, know. Accident, accidents happen. It's one of those things. But it's Lockie. 
is Lockie. I mean, he's not only like the best player in your team, but the most respected in your team's history, most yeah. probably. And then Australian, you know, Queensland. I mean, this is like, I mean, it's Beal's like, hero would be Lockyer. It's like, I don't know that anyone would ever have done this, but if you're a bit of a a little a little Aussie larrikin trying to make his way in a tough, harsh world. Larrikin, eh? Okay. Little Aussie battler, even. Yeah. If you, uh, you know, back when Mother Teresa was alive, if you, like, you know, got up close and personal with Mother Teresa and you're having a bit of a shadow box just being a larrikin, like Aussies do, yeah, and you fucking slipped one and punched her in the face accidentally, it's a bit the same. You put Lockie and Mother Teresa up on the same pedestal. <laughs> Friendly fire, just mucking around. Didn't mean it, but fucking hell, people still, Jeez, people still take that pretty, pretty... Mate, Harshly, it was, it was a it was a full blooded knee, and uh, now Lockie has three plates in his cheek, and I mean the picture of him is just not good at all. No. Um, did you see the ones today where he's you know all the bruising under the eye and yeah. oh, just he, he looks terrible. Um, it looked bad enough after the game, and but you knew the amount of pain and the amount of impact that was there. Um, that come sort of Sunday Monday, yeah, swelling and the rest Whoa. of it sort of kick in. And it is All the T-bone steaks in the world aren't going to keep that swelling down. No, no. And the, the news out of today is that uh, if Lockyer does fail to play, because um, although they say it's in his hands, if he can't complete training, you know, Griffin's not going to. He's not going to risk him, whether he likes it or not, because you know he needs. He needs Will to be headgear? Would that even help? Well, it'd help against collisions, but it doesn't help with pain management or anything. Like that it only helps against future collisions that happen during it's, the course of a game. It's in his cheekbone. How much headgear goes? It's not like he's wearing a fucking full face BMX helmet no no but they're talking about like something like a you know like an amateur boxing type deal that actually has that extra bit that comes around the cheek fuck that'd be entertaining if he takes takes a field in that yeah i, th- I think I, I heard i read something saying he was going to take you know wear like a like jonathan thurston style headgear which mm. is you know as far as i can tell normal headgear yeah <laughs> you know the only you know, the only person who has different headgear is beaver and that's because he used, you know he bought up headgear massively from a a brand that's now defunct and you can't buy them anymore <laughs> because he liked them so much. Um, and the the uh, the alternative for Brisbane, Matt Gillette. Um, they say that Corey Norman and Ben Hunt tagged as possible replacements, but it's looking like uh, Griffin, well, Griffin said straight out that he'll play utility Matt Gillette at 5'8", should Lockyer be unable to play. Uh, Hunt's already on the bench and they don't want to mess that up because he's uh, currently backs up Andrew McCulloch. Yeah, he's an important part of that rotation. Yeah, and so he doesn't want to disrupt that, especially at you know, this end of the season, the business end of the season. Um, but Gillette, uh, apparently he was a standout at 5'8", uh, in the 2009 Queensland Cup playing for Norths. Did not know that. I did not know that either. It's funny. That, it's funny the guys that play in the uh, in the NRL now. In um, I guess I, I mean Gillette's a rookie, but I mean you know more kind of a forward I guess these mm. days. And then you see like T Rex, who's was was a winger, and now he's moved to the forwards. But he played. And it was never a prototypical winger's size. <laughs> yeah, but uh, unless the prototypical winger in you know of all time is like Brett Plowman, but um, <laughs> Jonah Lomu. <laughs> yeah, Jonah Lomu. Um, but T Rex, I mean, he spent his entire time on the wing for Manly, and I think maybe in the centres, you know, when he needed to cover uh, injuries. But other than that, he's in the forwards now and has been all year, apart from a stint once again, cover, you know, covering injuries on the wing. But in uh, the Queensland Cup, when he won the grand final in two thousand and let me think nine, with the Sunshine Coast Eagles, he won Man of the Match as a goal kicking five eighth, <laughs> uh, and was a, in, partnered in halves with uh, Trent Hodkinson. So, <laughs> is there no end to the man's abilities? Oh, mate, Salad. Why did we ever give him that nickname? But anyway, the point is here that Matt he Gillette's, had a bunch of shit games for Manly. The point, yeah, that's <laughs> the, why. The point is that there's a uh, apparently utilities who tend towards forwards can also play five eighth pretty well. Yes. Look, I don't think it's any secret that I, I 
that Lockie will play to anyone. I think he'll probably cop a couple of needles in his face to deal with the pain. And they might have to back those up at half time. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, by the end of the game, it might look like he's had three strokes in 80 minutes. But <laughs> the fact is, he's got the rest of his life to uh, to, to get over the injury. Yep. And the doctors are saying that he can't do any further damage and... Well, it depends on the doctors. I mean, some of the, some of us saying he can't do any further damage to the cheek, to the fractured cheekbones, mm. but he could lose his eyesight. I mean, if he like, then goes you know a step further and yeah you know, breaks an orbital or something like that. Yeah, I mean, but there's a fucking grand final position on the line. I mean, yeah. eyesight's my sight. Really? <laughs> He's got four premierships. Exactly. <laughs> How many do you want? I mean, he, tra- he can't more. he can't beat Lazo. One more. So what's he? Doing? <laughs> it's not about what Lockie wants. <laughs> it's what's it's about. It's about what Jackson wants. And Jackson wants the Broncos. To he wasn't time, very was happy when he heard that Lockie got hurt. Yeah, did he? Yeah. Did he watch? He wasn't watching that game. He would be in bed, wouldn't he? And well, no, he, we were actually um, we were out to dinner with some friends and we watching the game there. So he got to stay up a bit later than normal. And um, he he was pretty happy that the the Broncos had won. Obviously, he wasn't real confident there at some stages, but yeah. Um, well, shit, really. I mean, for the most, you know, first sixty minutes of the game, or seventy minutes, or the sixty minutes out of the game, yeah, they look pretty solid, like they're going to win. So, but you've never like the place that we're at. There was a bunch of kids running around. They had a kids section, all that, and the kids were like, well, you know, various ages. Most of them much older than Jackson, but they were all mucking around on the video games and playing with toys and stuff. And pretty much for ninety five percent of the game, Jackson was as a four year old, yeah, glued. To the fucking TV, <laughs> like unbelievable. I'm just gonna like throughout the off season. I'm just gonna whack on the odd Broncos game when I need to keep him amused for a little bit. It's a good, <laughs> good babysitter. Uh, but he was a bit upset about about Lockie, but um, he's he's pretty keen to watch him go around this weekend. But I don't know if he's gonna recognise him if he's got headgear on. No, no. Where's Lockie, Dad? <laughs> he's the one there. That looks like Thurston. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll play. I think. He needs to play if the Broncos are any chance. I'll be so surprised if he doesn't play. I mean, like, I'm not, I'll be I'm shocked. Not, I'm not ruling it out. I mean, there's absolutely a chance because, let's face it, it's a four to six week injury and he's going to turn it around in like five days after surgery. Yeah. If anyone so, can of course, do it, it's Lockie, mate. Well, if anyone can do it, it's anyone. I mean, it's been done before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't remember. The, who's the guy that played for the Roosters in the 2000 and, was it 2002? Uh, there's a hooker. He played with a fractured cheekbone. Um, and also, there was a, an AFL player that played for the Swans more recently. Uh, difference is their injuries weren't like you know publicised, so the opposition didn't yeah. you know couldn't exploit them. But you know it's a facial injury. You I don't know Lockie's going to get tackled too much. No, and that's well. This is the thing with Lockie. He can, he, as they say, you know, he can play in a tuxedo and just you know set up passes, you know, take the kicks, that kind of thing, and not have a hand laid on him the entire game. But that's not where the issue is. The issue for Lockie lies in defence because he's not the greatest defender in the world in the first place. So he attracts runners. The second problem is he defends out on the right-hand side for the Broncos, matching up against the left-hand side attack of Manly, which you're going to get... Which is your most potent side, anyway. You're going to get T-Rex. Well, even the, the potency aside, it's the side where you're going to get Matai and T-Rex running at him all day. And the it's fact It's not that, the sort of scenario you want with a busted cheekbone. No, Let's put and, it that way. and the thing with T-Rex is, I mean, when they played, you know, only a couple of weeks ago, T-Rex made mincemeat out of him every time he came, and, was, and he ran through him once to score a try. And the problem with Lockie is that... Passed him. Well, like right through him and all his no, mates. Lock, well, passed him. Lockie didn't <laughs> lay a finger on him. <laughs> well, though, the second time, Lockie actually backed off and kind of like, like, oh, I don't want to bar that. 
obviously he'll try and aim up on him, but the thing is, it's not about whether Lockie makes a tackle or not. It's that Lockie has minders that help him out in defence always. Um, this is going to be no different this game, and the problem is going to be when you try and bring down like a, a 115 kilo tong, and Lockie's going to go in and make the primary, you know, connection. Then he's going to have one or two guys coming over the top. Yeah, to help and there's flailing legs, arms, legs, arms, and legs. knees, yeah, all those yeah, heads. Exactly, and and what you know, one of those hitting you in the cheekbone isn't a big issue in itself. But when you've already got a fractured cheekbone, yeah. then it can become an issue. And I think that's what he's going to find. Um, so it, I, there's a lot of people like, oh, yeah, Matt is going to fucking code hanger him. Of course, of course he's not going to fucking code hanger him. Well, I'm not going to say that's not going to happen. No, I mean, maybe let's, accidentally. Let's say he's, he's got it in his game. And the funny thing is, what, imagine what would happen if it was just like a like an innocuous tackle, like um, just like, you know, your standard penalty, not even on report tackle. But it was on Lockie in this game. I fucking guarantee you the guy is barely going to survive being sent off. And he's going to be put straight on report and probably fucking suspended, no matter who it is. But let's say it's going to be Matt Eye. Well, let's, let's say it's like someone who's like a, a total clean skin, never been, you know, like it was Cherry Evans. Cherry Evans would get sent off if he touched Lockie's face in an innocuous, like, you know, trailing his arm sort of thing. And so he should. Well, no, he shouldn't. Shouldn't be. lay a finger on the man. No, he shouldn't be. It just shows a double, you know. Double oh, the double standards. Double standards applied to, oh, the to double Lockyer standards. In, his, okay. in his mystery farewell tour. Fucking but we'll get into that. Don't even fucking... <laughs> I just don't know how you can be a rugby league fan and and not not see that that's a, this is a fucking great story. The man... Of course it's a great story. The man is still in his fucking maximum two games left in his career and he's kicking 40-metre line drive fucking field goals to win games for his team. Such as the influence he has over a match. Do you reckon it was 40 metres out? It wasn't that far out. It was more 30, wasn't it? And it's pretty scratchy. My point is, <laughs> the point the point is the point is that he the, needs to take the field if the Broncos are to have any chance. And whether he gets tackled a lot or not, or regardless of of how much he does as an individual in the game, the effect he has over that team is what's going to get the Broncos over the line. If he doesn't play, they are fucked. Yes, and some would say that if they're fucked, regardless, some he might lose his fucking left eye. He might lose his left eye over nothing, for nothing, for naught. And then he'll only be for the love of his club, <laughs> and for a little four-year-old that'll be cheering him on for a maximum of two more times in his, little, in his career. Robert Louis, <laughs> he's Fuck. he's at it again. Allegedly, Mad Monday turned into Terrible Tuesday for West Tigers halfback Robert Louis, who was arrested overnight. A punter phoned into the Triple M's grill team to break the news this morning, which has since been confirmed. The grill team reported on Twitter, our favourite. How did the punter find out? He must have lived in the same street or something, does he? Could have been the next door neighbour that you were talking about to me earlier. Yeah. Uh, he said Louis was charged following allegations of a domestic assault at Strathfield. A police media release concerning the assault said it involved a 21-year-old Strathfield man and his female partner. It is alleged the woman was assaulted by a 21-year-old man who also resides at the premises, the release said. Police found a woman suffering swelling to her face. The man was arrested at the scene and taken to Burwood Police Station where he was charged with assault occasioning actual bodily harm. The man was given bail and will appear in Burwood Local Court on October the 7th. Let's put it straight out there that, you know, it's it's difficult to comment on, on too many facts without actual evidence other than the fact that, you know, other than what's been reported in the papers or in the press. But um, regardless of what you think of, of the alleged actions, he does, he does have the right to a fair and honest sort of hearing of the proceedings. Um but let's let's put an allegedly in front of all this. Mm-hmm. If, if what's alleged is what has actually occurred, uh, a lot of people 
are making a big deal about Todd Carney's situation and what he's done. And In what way? Well, the fact that a lot of people want to run Todd Carney out of the game, he shouldn't have be, you know, be in a privileged position to play football, etc. And if you want to compare the two indiscretions, yeah. and I know Carney's got a rap sheet, but but that's but that's not what it's got him in trouble lately. It's just breaking a team oath. Sure, is what's got him in trouble lately. But if you know potentially, well, he's already spent a year out of the game. Carney, I'm talking about. Yeah, he's yeah. already spent a year out of the game for his indiscretions yeah. with alcohol. Plus, almost all of this year too, really. When you sure. think of it, um, he he hasn't hurt anyone but himself, Carney, and probably let a few people down around him, but yeah. physically harmed anyone, oh. let alone. Getting, Allegedly, getting pissed on probably isn't the most pleasurable thing, though. Well, some people enjoy that sort of thing, Nathan. I'm not here to judge. Um, but I've got a classic picture in my head. Then <laughs> I don't want to know what that is. You know what it was. I just, I'm really at a loss. It's, it was it's, Rennie using you as a urinal. Oh, that's disgraceful. <laughs> That's disgraceful. Now, anyway, this is a very serious issue and something that I take, from a number of perspectives, I take very seriously, given that, A, it's my club, and I just, it's really appalling that if what has been alleged has actually occurred, that someone is playing for my club that I love so dearly and is capable of that sort of behaviour is is fucking bemusing. I don't condone it for one second. Um... The fact that this clearly isn't an isolated incident either, if we think back pretty much 12 months to the day. Almost to the day, yeah. Um, that the only difference was that the alleged victim wasn't pregnant this time. Yeah, and there's no allegations of choking. No, or stealing stuff, etc. Yeah. There were nine charges that seemed to mysteriously nine, get not, dropped. Yeah, exactly. And were, I mean, were, that, that case was dismissed through apparent lack of evidence. Um, there hasn't been anything. I mean, that lack of evidence, that speculation, even. It was just basically all that came out was that the charges were dismissed. At the end. Yeah. And he's since reunited, but but also when I mean, you read between the lines, I mean, they also said that he had since reunited with his with his with the partner. So, you know, whether she, you, you know, I mean, she can't withdraw charges once they, once they've been lodged with the police. But you know, people can, you know, in another incident with a footballer who I'm not going to name. His charges were dropped because the the uh, alleged victim refused to provide any evidence and testimony. Testimony, yeah. And uh, the other witness refused to provide any evidence or testimony. So it basically, that was the total sum of zero evidence, and uh, it just couldn't go ahead. Yeah, uh, look, obviously the NRL can't really act until it goes through the judicial process. But if he is found guilty, fucking can't. Yeah. Can't. Just has to go. Yeah. Cannot exactly. fucking condone this sort of shit. No. And to be quite honest, like the fact that it's it's been alleged and it's it's serious enough that he's been arrested, fucking isn't that bringing the game into disrepute? Yeah, but I would I would have to say that I I would uh, you know if they want to stand him down until until it's heard the club the club that's fine, but um I actually I don't want the NRL to get involved. Because I think he should be treated, you know, uh, innocent until proven guilty. He should be treated the way that Brett Stewart should have been treated. And so, just because he, you know, because just because Brett Stewart got fucked over, I don't want him to get. I mean, he was treated in the wrong way, so you can't have this guy, you know, treated in the same way. He should be stood down by the club. If you know, I guess they'll see pending what happens on October seventh. I mean, it's the off season now anyway, so they won't really have to come back for preseason yeah, training until right. November anyway. It's just so disappointing, and 
you know, this is this sort of behaviour. I think I mentioned last year that um, my family has been affected quite severely by that sort of that exact sort of situation, and and I know for well the impact it can have on on people that are closely associated with those sorts of relationships, and to think that someone that's in such a privileged position still has that sort of behaviour in them. And I guess it just goes to show that, you know, we, we hold these guys up as, as footy players and there needs to be a definitive line between footy player and model citizen and fucking... And, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but it's very, very disappointing and it's it's kind of shattering that, you know these sorts of you know this is he, this is an isolated incident in the NRL and and in sport in general like yeah. people that allegedly commit some pretty fucking ordinary behaviour yeah um are allowed to to go out and and you know apply their trade and and earn all sorts of not only money but pretty fucking privileged and what's the fuck I'm I'm struggling for words to to explain it but very you know, high profile positions yeah, in, in a yeah. sport that we love to watch. And, you know, I, I don't buy into the whole role model thing, but as a human being, you've got to conduct yourself in a certain manner that you would regardless of your fucking profession. Yeah. yeah. And whether you're a professional athlete or not, doesn't give you the right to go smacking women around or fucking men for that matter. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> but, um, I just, some people seem detached from, what's right as a fucking human being because you get to kick a footy around on yeah, TV. Yeah, and you, you make know, lots like, of money and you only have to work for, you know, several hours a week. You know, you train train for several hours and play play a game for an hour and a half and and don't do the kind of hours that, you know... I just, I just can't fathom how in this day and age, with all the work that, you know, Lou's employer, <laughs> being the West Tigers and also the NRL, with all the work they do... Um, throughout every year with, you know, women in league programs and, you know, all the, you know, it's not like he could be of the, under the illusion that domestic violence is okay. No. If, you know, if no. the charges are proven to be true, very, very disappointing. I just, and I, I'm not inclined to give anyone a pass, even if it was an isolated incident, completely out of the blue, done once and never again. But for fuck's sake. Like two years in a row, yep. Twice now, where where there's smoke. Yeah, exactly right. And you know, regardless of what happens, whether he whether he did anything, if the charges just mysteriously go away again, then the club's in a bit of a precarious position as to how they handle it. I'd like to see the club actually handle it better. I mean, because when the charges were dropped last time. You wouldn't know unless you happened to see the article in the paper that day. No. Club never said anything. No. I mean, I think the club should probably call, you know, call a press conference with him and have him explain himself, you know, because nine charges are disappearing into thin air. Mm. It just leads to more speculation. And then when sure. he does it, and then when he gets done for, you know, a similar, uh, arrested for a similar thing a year later, then but, it just it just magnifies it even more. I mean, like we've seen, you know, I've seen Twitter today just gone ballistic. Yeah. As you'd expect, you know, there's not a person on earth that can, can well, I'm sure there's a couple, but there's you know, 90, 99% of people, um, you know, reasonable thinking people aren't going to condone that sort of behaviour and obviously people find it fairly repulsive yeah. and, you know, obviously a lot of the people that we follow and that follow us are, are all 
you know, deeply into their footy and, and this is a big story in our world and uh, it's just, it's pretty shattering. In what was a pretty fucking shattering week for Tigers fans as it was. Yeah. For yeah. fuck's sake. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, and if, and if it turns out, if he did do something and he's found guilty of it, my God, it would be refreshing to see him get punished. Yeah. Because let me tell you, there's three players that I can think of off the top of my head that actually did something and the facts weren't really disputed. And they got all, and have walked scot free. Yeah. Two of which are playing very high profile roles and have represented the states and I believe countries this year. Yeah. Just terrible. There's yeah. got to be a line drawn in the sand somewhere. Um, you know, David Gallup said recently that he he wants the NRL to be the the highest profile sport in the world. And if you look at some of the behaviour that you know. Currently, the couple of the highest profile sports in the world being the EPL and the NFL. Some of the things their players get up to, fuck's oh, sake, that like, right? It, it, it's just, like just guys, about footy players, we, you know, like yeah, we see, we see in the NRL like, anyway, like 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 Plaxico. Yeah, he's, he's like fucking shooting people and shit. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, just open up my locker, look at my gun. Just brought it to training just in case shit goes down. <laughs> fuck. Don't run that play correctly. I'm popping a cap in your ass. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> where the fuck? And I guess clubs and and the sport as a whole. Like, a lot of these kids are scouted from the time they've, you know, some of them sort of 15, 16, 17, brought up through the grades. Certainly with the twenties now, like there's seventeen year old kids running around yeah. in their twenties. You know, to be scouted by a club and and signed to a contract for whatever sort of amount of money at seventeen years of age. That skews a kid's perspective, and if you're idolised, if you're at their very top and you excel, you know, as you go through the grades and, and go up each step in each level, and you excel there, then, then the adulation only increases. And once you hit the first grade and stay there regularly and put some performances together, get yourself a bit of notoriety and 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 fame, oh, your perspective it must just go. Look, I'd hate to. Spend a couple of minutes just trying to work out how these guys think. Yeah, and not all of them. Like there are probably some... not even most of them. No, definitely it's just not. He's like, you know, you're talking about like isolated cases that that just keep stepping over the line. But because there are, you know, the the vast majority of players are probably think just like normal fucking human beings. They just have extraordinary jobs. Yeah. <laughs> but geez, there's a select few. You just they've got to be. Some someday they've got to be like test cases for some sort of mental health issue. Yeah. I just don't get how people can go, yeah, that's that's all right. That's all right. It's all right. And, you know, obviously I condone this sort of behaviour if I've done it twice. <laughs> I just ugh. It's fairly repulsive and it's shattering and it's like I said, it's been a tough week as it was and for for this to happen. It's, it's never a good time for this sort of shit to go down, but... It's the cherry on top. Yeah. Pardon the pun. <laughs> of your shit week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, I just... I hope the club deals with it. That's the thing that's going to be... You know, if he's still running around for the West Tigers and these... You know, this doesn't sort of get swept under the rug and, and certain things are proven and he still turns out next year, I refuse to utter his name. I just refer to him as player Y. Player Y, 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 fucking Y. <laughs> Adam Cuthbertson, 
played his best game for St. George Illawarra in Saturday night's loss to the Brisbane Broncos, but it was likely his last match for the club and possibly even in Australia. He's still off contract for next season and despite his showing against the Broncos on the weekend, is not expected to be part of Steve Price's plans for next season. The Dragons tabled an offer. This is the funny part of the story. The Dragons tabled him an offer more than a month ago, but the deal was never finalised. His, man, his uh, manager, Andrew Purcell, says, we let the original deadline go and the Dragons never came back to us. It's highly unlikely he'll remain at the club considering the amount of signings they've had since then. That's poor management. If you, I mean, he, he clearly mustn't have wanted to stay at the Dragons. They square this shit away, man. Exactly. <laughs> Funnily enough, Newcastle have shown interest <laughs> in the former Manly and Sharks forward, but they're yet to put forward a deal to secure his services. And I imagine that they wouldn't be that flush with cash after the signings they've made anyway. No. Um, well, I wouldn't imagine Adam Cuthbertson would be asking a yeah. huge price. Well, I mean, he... he you know, what he asks and what he gets is probably two yeah. different things. Uh, it's believed that the Roosters, who've already signed fellow Dragons Jack Bosden and Penny Tungavay, as well as the Eels, are keen to lure Cuthbert into their clubs for next season. Fucking the hell. Eels, of course they are. As uh, if the Eels haven't learned from their recruitment nightmares this season, let's just start the ball rolling again for 2012. Yep, yep. Uh, apparently, though, he's also got... Uh, there's been talks initiated with uh, Leeds, Hull, KR and St. Helens to get him over to Britain. So uh, he said uh, the manager. That's a lot of clubs for a bloke that's had one good game. Yeah, I I wouldn't imagine he's had one good game in one season ago. He was park footballer, and certainly this season he hasn't been as horrible as he has been in the past. And but he's he's played about three three hundred minutes all season. His penchant for throwing silly offloads, etc., has obviously been curbed by Bennett to a certain extent. He looks a lot fitter, so he's obviously put the hard yards in off the field. But as far as game time goes, and and Certainly, standout performances for like six, seven, eight clubs to be interested in him. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, he's talking about three, three over here and three over there. Obviously, his potential far outweighs, you know, in, in the eyes of the rugby league fraternity, um, recruitment-wise. Obviously, his potential far outweighs what he's displayed on the field. Well, you know, for he's one of those guys. Of he's one of those guys. You know, it's like it's always been about potential, very rarely realised. Some people play out their entire careers based on. Unfulfilled potential. It's quite sad, really. Exactly. But well, to his credit, this season he's looked to fit. He looks the fittest he's ever looked, and that's probably a credit to to Bennett's coaching and the fact that he was throwing a bit of a lifeline there. And yeah, um, whether he ends up at Newcastle and continues that, and um, you know, fits into their structure a bit more than he did at the Dragons, gets more game time, shows a bit more of what he's what he's capable of, then so be it. But I just I don't know that. That was a great move by the manager to let that deal slide. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. If you got it on the table, I'd be interested to see the reason why. And it's a club like the Dragons as well. Yeah. You know, so, like, Bennett's going to leave. That's going to have a massive impact on the, cl- on the place. But it's a club that's steeped in tradition. And his systems will remain too. I mean, yeah, his, his replacement was handpicked from his assistant. Sure. I mean, things aren't going to change too much, I think, in the way, the day-to-day way that the players are actually coached. Uh, obviously, Bennett, you know, the way he manages people individually, you know, sort of one-on-one, that's something they're going to miss. All due but, respect to Adam Cuthbertson, Ben Ross was playing his guts out every week for South and only just finalised the deal right at the death of the season. Yeah. And Adam fucking Cuthbertson has got seven clubs wanting to sign him. Yeah. Give yeah. me a break. What He's just one of those guys who's inexplicably, inexplicably hyped. You know, puts on one, you know, one decent performance. And all of a sudden, he's a second coming again. Yeah. People have got very short memories, I think, when it's concerning his career. Whereas, you know, 
if you look at someone like Ben Ross, he was putting it together every week. Yeah, and he was playing like very well. It wasn't like he was just you know turning up. I mean, he was playing great, and he was digging into a side that had their forwards decimated. Yeah, and needed him, and almost got into the finals. So anyway, good luck to him. I just I hope his manager doesn't lift to rue that decision. Let me tell you. Speaking of management situations. South Sydney hooker Isaac Luke is expected to shell out tens of thousands of dollars to his managers, Chris and Gavin Orr, before the end of next month to ensure that his lucrative four-year deal with South is registered by the NRL. Luke is in dispute with the Orr brothers after bypassing them to bypassing them to broker his own deal despite being on their books until the end of 2014. The dispute arose when the Orrs claimed that Luke tried to terminate his deal without a valid reason. The Rugby League accredited player agent scheme urged the NRL to take a strong stance because of the actions by Luke and, uh, and said that the actions of Luke and South Sydney had impeded his management agreement where he, when he signed the deal in March. The NRL said it would not register the contract until an acceptable agreement was reached between the parties, which which is going to mean cash money. Coughing up the Coughing cash. Coughing up cash money. Um, Shane Richardson, the chief executive of the Rabbitohs, he said he believed that the dispute was close to being settled, but did not provide any details of a possible agreement. It is understood that Pacific Sports Management, the Oars company, would receive significant financial compensation. Just, I don't know how... <laughs> We've spoken before about players, you know not having much of a clue as to how to handle themselves without, you know, their manager's sort of yeah. influence. And, and sometimes they can be led astray by their managers and make horrible decisions based on the input and, and the, the advice that they get from these blokes. But I just don't understand how you can sign a management agreement and then just decide that, you know, regardless of, you know, we don't know the ins and outs as to why he became disillusioned with the yeah, management. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you sign... Disillusioned the, if you, with the percentage he had to pay him. I suspect so, but that's probably going to pale in comparison to what he's going to have to fork out now. Yeah. Or it might be the or same. Or be equal but... to it. I'd say it'd be more like you know, sort of equal to what that would have been, I think. And fair enough. I guess they're not sort of claiming damages or whatever. They just want, them, want their cash that they feel they're entitled to. Yeah. I just don't understand. Regardless of what has led to it, he's signed an agreement. It's a legal document, and the idea is that you honour those. Yeah, but I mean, you think of like you know the, the early release contracts and everything. I mean, it's funny the way contracts they just aren't they aren't what they used to be. No, definitely not. There's a way out of everything. <laughs> it's the way of the world, unfortunately, and footy's no different. But yeah, I, the oars just they've made it carved out of Chris Orr played for the Gold Coast and mm-hmm. um, Gavin Orr. Did he play first grade as well? I'm pretty sure they both did. I mean, unless their names are just, uh, you know, more familiar to us because they spent some time around the Queensland Cup. Yeah. Which, uh, that, that may be the case, actually. Yeah. I just can't think of... Carving out a bit of a, uh, bit of a name for themselves in the sports management industry. Yeah, but... Um, I wouldn't imagine <laughs> Which Isaac Luke is dragging through the dirt trying to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, but I, I don't know that... I don't know how the publicity side of things work. I guess... Isaac Luke's word would probably carry a fair bit of weight with their potential customers. So exactly, um, disappointing the way it's all panned out. But if you sign an agreement, kids, honour that shit, <laughs> honour it. Finally, a public service announcement to Manly fans. Manly, finally, they're laying on free buses to the game on Friday night, where the you know what's I want to say like what's the transport they're called? You know, what's their transport down there called? Public transport system. You know, we've got Queensland Transport. I mean, they don't have New South Wales Transport. It's called something else. Uh, but, um, City Rail runs yeah. the trains. I don't know who runs the... 
buses. Yeah. But in any case, there's going to be free transport for um, people from the peninsula to get to Sydney Football Stadium, which is great. I mean, people going to games at the uh, at ANZ have been enjoying the, the free transport, you know, via train for years and years. So it's great that uh, you know there's something, you know, there's a bit of a quality in there. How is that? I don't know how that's really come about. How you've got two stadiums in the same city. Yeah. Uber stadiums. Well, it's because... And not just like a suburban ground. Yeah, there's no train station directly outside of yeah, football stadium, which is why. Would I mean, it kill them to spring for some fucking buses? Well, I mean, would it, ki- would it kill them to just say, you know, you can have free train travel because a lot of people would walk from Central. Yeah. Yeah, it's about 25, 30 minute walk. It's not, the, not, it's not the best walk in the world, but I mean, you know, if you want to stop in pubs along the way, it's a lot shorter. Because who foots a bill for that? The government? Because I the, guess the Queensland the, government would foot the bill for guys going to Suncorp, right? Guys and girls. Yeah, you'd think so. Or, or would yeah, or would they? Would they be? Um, Maybe they send bill to the Broncos. But how would you know how many people? You don't know how many people because I mean, you know, you know, you get off at Roma Street, or they don't check your ticket. They see you in a jersey, you just go dash you straight through. They don't, you know, they, there's no head count on that. You don't have to scan your no, ticket. They see getting off the Milton, numbers. they let you straight through. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, they can audit the buses because there's you know certain buses that you get from certain bus exchanges. Um, but these ones are basically being put on by the club. So, which is good. And uh, David Perry good move. said... David Learning Perry from said, the fiasco the other week. Exactly. And uh, David Perry said, you know, we want to see a procession of buses full of fans decked out in maroon and white making their way to the SFS. Manly fans are fiercely loyal to Des Hazler, Jamie Lyon and the team. And the best way to lift them towards another grand final is to get out to the SFS in droves and cheer them on. We want to turn the SFS into a maroon and white cauldron, and the best and easiest way to do that is to take the free 50 to 55-minute trip using the hassle-free exclusive bus lane out to the SFS. Um, and the thing is, I mean, a lot of people they dwell on that last game, which the more you know, the more you hear about it in the aftermath, it really does, I think, come down to a combination of the negative publicity leading up to the match, and almost, and and I think there was like a not so much conscious protest, but like a real sort of apathy towards turning up towards the game based on its constant negativity out of like the club has to, you know, put some of the blame, but the media in general as well um, about the home games being shifted. And I mean, they, they were harping on that for, you know, over a week in the, in the lead up to it. No fucking excuses now. Get no. your asses to the game. Well, this is the thing. I mean, people, people really forget. I mean, 2008, I went to every finals game and the SFS game, the corresponding game to this one actually, once again was against a team that uh, wasn't from Sydney. It was against the Warriors, and the whole that, that was like almost a full house. I mean, it was packed. Yeah, so, bandwagon would have been rolling fairly heavily then too. Was that the bandwagon would have been running fairly heavily then too? Bandwagon for what? Plenty of people turn up to fucking finals game when you potentially one game away from a grand final, like this one. Yeah, <laughs> but the first game also was packed out as well. But it was a brookie. Um, when we put uh, Mark Gaznia over to Union, it was awesome. Um, <laughs> Recaps. First game, Friday night football. The moment you've been dreading, <laughs> Glenn. <laughs> I, I did feel, and I actually felt sorry. New Zealand Warriors I don't twenty-two. Want your pity. But you've got it. Nevertheless, you've got it. You might not have asked for it, but you fucking got it. New Zealand Warriors twenty-two to feed the West Tigers twenty. All I could say after this one was fucking wow, just wow, stunning. 
come from behind win to the Warriors in a game they had no right to even be close in, let alone win. First half went much the same as their first half against the Broncos last week, despite the fact the Warriors seemed to aim up better in the early exchanges. The Tigers, they took advantage of some penalties and subsequent field position, and in the 15th minute, Keith Galloway scored a try in the mismatch of the century as he trampled <laughs> poor old Kevin Locke. Tigers followed that up shortly after the try. Who having Keith here as first try scorer? 51 fucking dollars 51, and uh, And uh, I'll give a shout out to, I believe it was uh, Ben Dunn. Ben Dunn, 43 on Twitter. Five bucks. What? 250 bucks straight up. Bam. Just like that. Sweet deal. Sweet deal. Tigers, they followed that try up shortly after with another try to Benji Marshall, and it was quickly 12 points to nil. Warriors, they struck back a couple of minutes later, though. A great run from dummy half by Locke and a genius offload out the back of his hand, setting up James Maloney. The Tigers extended their lead before halftime, though, with a try to Robbie Farrah after the laziest marker and goal line defence from the Warriors of all time. Halftime, 18-6. Second half began a little bit better for the Warriors and they got their first penalty of the match in the 48th minute. Did wonders for the Kiwis and Filetti Mateo scored a minute later after being set up by Sean Johnson. A Kristen Inu try in the, uh, in the 78th minute. Actually, the penalty started flowing the Tigers' way again though and Benji used one of them to kick eight points ahead, 20 points to 12. The Warriors weren't done though and in the 67th minute after a great break from James Maloney, Lance Hohaya found a massive hole in the retreating defence to score a try and make it 20 points to 18. The Tigers, they still looked okay with the ball in hand and they'll look likely to put on more points but the Warriors' desperation held them out and after a gamble of an option by Benji in the 76th minute that resulted in a knock-on, the Warriors had one last chance deep in enemy territory. Maloney put up a crossfield bomb that was contested by Takiri and Inu botched by Lottie and landing right in Captain Sanuza's hands and he just had to the put ball. it in there didn't you what's that just had to put it in there what botched by Lottie okay Lottie took it brilliantly and saved the game for, no hang on a minute that was, <laughs> that, was that, that was some other game that didn't count and landed right in Captain Sanuza's hands and he planted the ball down for the go ahead try and an amazing Warriors win 22 points to 20 fuck fuck me and some suicidal thoughts ran through my mind I was, I mean, like, when you lost last year, I did, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't care. This happens. But fucking, I felt so, I felt so bad after this game. I felt, I didn't feel as bad as you. That's, that's, that's clear. But oh, I felt pretty fucking bad, though. I've got to say, I was, I was super confident heading into this game. And I thought we had, I thought it was a, a pretty soft matchup, to be honest. I thought we had the, you had the easiest had matchup the in the whole hand. finals. Yeah, by all means. And, I guess I probably wasn't the only one thinking that, clearly. Well, and the fans, played. the fans especially, let's say the fans thought it was going to be a cakewalk. Yep, and we certainly started out, and and looked as though that might have been the case. But oh, this is developing into a bit of a habit, and there's been plenty of people, ironically, plenty of Dragons fans, which I think the fucking irony's lost on me. You're kidding yourselves, fucking Jesus. <laughs> Calling the Tigers chokers. Um, but yeah, it's I mean, hard to argue. There's another 21, 29 years before that really has to stick. It's, it's hard to <laughs> if argue. If this happens for another 29 years, I swear to God, you'll be fucking dead for like 29 years out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> massive, and massive heart failure. No. Around September. Yeah, after I carve my own heart out of my chest, maybe. <laughs> probably, probably around mid-September one year, in about 20 years' time. Unbelievable. But to be honest, it's hard to argue. There's yeah. a reason why this happens. There's a reason why we get done on an intercept in the fucking hundredth minute of a game. Yeah. And this game. Well, the intercept. Yeah, I mean the that that intercept that was um 
That was unlucky. That was but unlucky, but that, letting them to get to the point where they were tied. That was a game time. that we led comfortably and looked fantastic and created so many opportunities that we should have scored from and, and didn't and controlled every facet of play for large parts of the game and still couldn't get it done. Then you had the Dragons game following that as well. Exactly. Which is another performance where, you know... And the Canberra game, which we were lucky to get away with after... Cat's hair got exploded. Comeback. And choking our old mate with a goal. <laughs> Poor little fella. Um... Just disappointing. It was a golden opportunity, and I thought they'd taken advantage of. It. I thought, "Wow, this is we're really making a bit of a statement here," and we kind of did in the almost end. Almost scoring but, at will, and looked like yeah. you were going to score every time you got within twenty, thirty meters. And every for most time. of the game too, like as you said in the in the recap, there at the back end of the game, they still spread the ball when they were making ground and and really stretching the Warriors. Um. When it come down to it, there's a couple of plays. The referees kept us in it. Uh, oh, there's some nine, fucking nine horrible four, decisions nine that went the Tigers' count. way. Yeah. Like, balls being called strip and knock-on. Like, and just the, even the stuff that... knock-ons that get called strip. And like, even the stuff that wasn't as obvious with the penalties, it was like the Tigers would do one thing and nothing would happen. But the second the Warriors did it, it's a penalty. Playing a penalty. You know, like, just... It was one of the most lopsided, lopsided refereed matches... So I've and seen quite a while, especially for a final. You you love harping on the referees, but yeah. regardless of you know the Warriors certainly had. I'm a sure there was claim. no conspiracy theories, but they had every every right to feel that they'd been dudded on a few of those calls, which are made in the heat of the moment. But the Tigers de- definitely got the advantage of those calls, and and the Warriors had to come back from that and did. And the worst part was, like, we looked pretty good, but the, and the Warriors were far from their best. Yeah, like. A long way off. They they played pretty much the same, apart from the knock-ons and everything from the Beast. They played very similar. To the, like the first half, they were pretty yeah. bad. But um, without was... the knock-ons though, and the, and the blatant blatant mistakes. But in the second half, it was the same thing. Mm. Mateo starts making a bit of ground. Lilliman started bending yeah. people backwards. Um, I thought the Broncos Lilliman cut was it really off. good. Yeah, and and Vatavai and Tup- Tupo Tupu. On the other wing, Tupu makes awesome ground from like uh, you know when he's backing up the forwards, you know after a kick. It just got really infectious um, for the Warriors when they got a bit of a sniff that the Tigers yeah. might have been a bit shaky, and, and hadn't quite landed the killer blow. They thought well, we've got nothing to lose, and yep. they started winding it up. And then and it wasn't like they were carving them either when they did start to get back into the game. No, the Tigers are still like you know they could still have won that game, most definitely. And you know we spoke about Benji's fifth tackle option. And well, even Farrow before him bombed that. I mean, Farrow had a lot of room to move. He could have just booted it dead or yeah. anything, and you know, and then the game's won. Sure. Yeah, and but then then he sort of ran it for for a bit, then spun it out. You know. And that's the Tigers. Unfortunately, we win plenty of games like that, but yeah, there's got to come a time in the development of the team, and and with everything that's going on this year with players moving on, and and all the trouble we went to to get Adam Blair, there's got to be a period in our development as a team to. To take St. George a bit, take those safer options at those points of games. It's it's great. Like I I love as much as anyone as we, when we're winning by two with a few minutes to go and we lay on some bullshit try to close it out and it's fantastic. <laughs> and I'll lap that up every day of the week. But there's some games where you just kick the fucking thing dead. Yeah. I don't care if you kick it dead and you know the twenty meter tap or yeah. whatever. I'll 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 back the defence in a straight line to. Yep. But at least yeah, that if way you're knocking it on, and then you've got a full set of six with a couple of minutes left, 
from forty meters out of from your trial. Forty meters out, and you give yourself every you put yourself under that much pressure, then the chances of making a mistake, unless you've got fucking 17 cyborgs in your squad, which yeah. we clearly don't. No. We do have guys that are fairly emotive and, and are, subject, are, are kind of subject to, you know, you know, fucking anxiety, all those sorts of things are all yeah. emotion. So if you're going to feel like the flair and the, the happy-go-lucky and all the rest of it, then there's a flip side to that. Yeah. And... Sometimes when you feel anxiety and a bit of trepidation, you make fucking mistakes and yeah. and bad decisions. And poor Lottie, he was the he was the he was the Manu Vatave of this game. For the, <laughs> you know, he did have an unhappy. He game. didn't have five blatant. It wasn't as as a shocker, but geez, there was some crucial and the most crucial one in the end. And I think it all comes back to the fact that he's obviously for for a guy of his experience, he was obviously down on confidence given the season that he's had with injury. Um. He was clearly underdone. Yep. Um, whereas, certainly last season, when he's bringing the ball back from from kicks or whatever, or helping the forwards out, the impact that he would have running the ball back was, you know, you could tell that he was a hundred and yep. something kilos and six foot thirty or whatever he is, and yep. a very powerful ball runner. I didn't see quite as much of that. It was more of a tendency to run crossfield. Yeah, definitely. Um, when he came back from his latest injury. Um, and, you know, that's a sign of a guy that's down on confidence, which is a shame given, you know, everything that's achieved in his career. But um, I've got to say, as soon as I saw the kick go up, I was... Heart and mouth stuff. It was, was... Like a, it was like the way I felt when um, when we had Barney at Manly. <laughs> I was almost, I, I, I don't know, not resigned to my fate, but I kind of thought when we dropped that ball, yeah, I thought, oh... This is about with the Tigers when it starts to go. Yeah, it, it goes, goes in bad. a fucking yeah. hurry. Yeah, you know, and and that's fucking that's a very pessimistic view. But when I saw him kick the ball, I was like, oh, I honestly I had no confidence that we were going to defuse the situation. Yeah, yeah. And as it turned out, that was the end of our season. It was very, very shattering. Shattered for you by Captain Snooze. The irony that's got to be that has got to be a massive kick in the nutsack. Well, I mean, it's a credit to him. If he's listened to the show, he's heard me give it clearly, to him plenty of clearly, yes. I mean, he wouldn't have scored that try if he hadn't. He doesn't mind a post-try celebration. Like I wouldn't mind him <laughs> pulling out a banner from his shorts or saying "fuck you, Blakely" or something like that. Like, because we have given it to him. We've we've, we've thing, hammered the, him. In. The thing with the try, I mean, it was it was brilliant presence of mind to go for it, and to realise that you know he was completely unclaimed and to go for that second shot to get the ball over the line. Yeah. But what the fuck were Moulton and Lottie thinking? Moulton was right in front of him. Well, there was a lot of people. He I put don't, a I don't finger know. on his head, <laughs> and it was probably going to be called a double movement. Yeah, he just—he's like he stood there waiting to hold him up if he leapt over the line. Yeah, you know, like but it all happened too fast, and yeah. he caught him. Still caught him by surprise, even yeah. though he was half expecting it. But yeah. there's a lot of. A lot of people, specifically some Tigers fans, saying it wasn't a try. Like, I knew as soon as it happened, I was like, that's a fucking try. He's got that. Yeah. And maybe that was part of my pessimism well, it did, when it I did, saw the kick go it up. Did but... need, it did need to be looked at because you, oh, know, you could never there was the possibility of double movement and was and did he get it down on that first reach for the line, but which was But my first short. reaction was, that's a try. Yeah. And the more I looked at it, the more I realised and the more I sagged down into the couch and the more I was, like, sharpening my axe to you know, put myself out of my misery again for another year. But uh, it, it was a fucking try. We go, it's, it's, it's an uncomfortable truth. It doesn't sit yeah. well. And it's not a fucking 
an endearing way to, to end the season, but it was a try. They got it right. And the, the, the thing that I was thinking, oh, I mean, you look, at first I looked and I thought, fuck, that's messy. I wonder if he knocked it on in the initial contest with the Kiri. Then you look at the replay and he didn't. And then it came back and you're like, fucking, this could be a fucking try. And then, then you look at it again and you go, this is a try. And then the thing that went into my head was, gee, there's this bad fucking pro West Tigers refereeing in this game. Though. It wouldn't surprise me if they said no try on it. And they didn't, and I was like, "Wow, that's and that was what stu- that was what stunned me the most." I think I was like, "Fuck, this actually just happened." Yeah, and it it was hard to come to terms. It was, still is actually because men have been copping it this week. Yeah, well, you were you were getting. I mean, as uh, the longer the winning streak got, the cockier you were getting, though. Really? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah massive. You, I mean, you you had you had your your trip to the World Club Championship pretty much fucking paid for. <laughs> I was pretty confident we were going to feature in the grand final, I might admit, but um, I wasn't real confident if we had to face Melbourne, but, yeah. um, or when I went, you know, when I realised if we were to get through the Warriors that we had to face Melbourne, I wasn't real confident there, but look, it's, um, it's done, it's done and dusted and it's, it's disappointing. There's a lot of Tigers hate. I think it's that I think it's that backlash to the cockiness that, that was building. You see the Dragons cop as well, same sort of thing, because the Dragons fans are very vocally cocky. Even when they started slumping this season, the same yeah. thing. Um, and my Tigers fans, you know, pretty much led by you. No I way. Mean, you're not. You're not the leader of the Tigers fans on Twitter by any you know, stretch of the imagination. I mean, you know, in, in our sort of circle though. But I mean, you're pretty cocky about you know. I mean, you don't talk through games generally on Twitter. Yeah, well, but before games and on this show, you know, obviously you're very cocky about their their, their chances in the game that was upcoming. Yeah, but I don't know that it should generate the amount of hate. Like, well, this no, like, thing, people weren't directing it at me. That's the thing you didn't get. The, you didn't get that. No. I think people and and I and the the Tigers have been a little bit of like um everyone's second team kind of thing. It's a bit of like yeah. love love for Tigers. But I think that Fuck based on anti Robbie and anti Benji sentiment, out I there. think that if on this game if the Tigers had pulled it out, I think the tide would have turned. 180 degrees, and they would have become and people would be, just just because of the way the, the blatantly bad refereeing that seemed to go in their favour. Yeah, I think you could just you, I, I could feel it turning on Twitter where where people were like that was actually some bullshit. You know, oh my god, that was fucking bullshit too. Yeah, and there was several of them, but the the amount of people that hit me up on Twitter and Facebook and via my phone to make sure I was okay. Well, to the point that where that where your your personal Twitter account actually was trending yes. <laughs> on Twitter. That That's was fucking magnificent. And that was just people like saying, Are you alright? You know, don't kill yourself. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's a bit of a sad indictment as to how seriously I take this shit. Oh, but I mean, you know, it's it, it, you think of it positively and say there's a lot of people out there that care about you, mate. Very much so. Very much so. <laughs> I appreciate every single one of you. And there's a few people who give me a bit of a rib, you know. Like, a little bit, but but only people that, you know, you, you kind of had it coming from, like Dragons fans that you've been tussling with recently. <laughs> Especially like last week, you fun. beat the Dragons last week. So like I know. deserve it too, but it's all in good fun. But man, there's some absolute, like, I saw a guy venomous, today. like, people. Yeah, people. but like, I saw a guy. Not directed at me in any way. But. I saw a guy send a tweet directly to Robbie Farah. To say, hey, Robbie, I, I thought it was awesome when you were crying your eyes out after that game. <laughs> like, addressing it to him on Twitter. There was a lot of anti-Robbie <laughs> sentiment. And yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. People call him a whinger. Like, I, I, I don't know. He's not, he's, he's not the guy that comes into my mind when you think of whingers. Yeah. I mean, he has his moments. And, he did, and yeah, he does have his moments. But I wouldn't... I wouldn't so is every him. captain, though. Yeah. Yeah. Really? 
Um, yeah, I, I'm surprised, and I, maybe I'm a bit naive or a bit biased, but I was surprised by the amount of Tigers in general, but specifically Robbie and Benji. A lot of me- media has a lot to blame. Like, I mean, the media's been all over the Tigers. Oh, the they do get it, yeah. And, and, especially, and, and Channel said, 9 especially. Like, Gus, I mean, was pretty much blowing Galloway the entire course of the game. And has all season. Uh, yeah. And to be honest, like I've said on this show, I don't, I don't really agree with that as well. Yeah. Like, if a guy makes a mistake, regardless of his profile or regardless of his of his ability on any given day, like, if he makes a cock-up or a terrible decision, then yeah, he should hear about it as much as any other player that's not quite of that profile. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty... I'm still probably haven't really come to terms with it. And I get reminded of it every day, approximately about 30 to 40 times a day while I'm at work, which is always fun. <laughs> and, like, random people just ring up the office... And like I'll get like people shout out from cross room. Oh yeah, such and such rang. He said, "Oh, how about those tigers?" Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, thanks very much. Oh, hang on, I've got such and such on the phone for you. We want to talk footy. Oh great. Oh, this bloke rang from interstate. How about the tigers? Oh fucking hell. <laughs> so, but very look. I must admit, none of that venom was really directed at me. Everyone was very concerned for my well-being and. Um, sometimes I wonder just why I take it so fucking seriously. And certainly my wife wonders because it's... She's she's the big oh. winner out of this situation because it's Cause over she for gets my year. life insurance it's, payment when I die. Or? No, because it's over for another six months. Yeah. She's not going to have to hear much about the Tigers for a little while. It gives yeah, a bit she, of respite. She said fuck all about the Tigers. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go to Twitter. Cambo96. There's an old saying in rugby league. Jared Maxwell's a fucking cheat. <laughs> I actually saw one, and I don't think I've got it here. Let me just quickly see. I don't know. I don't know where I saw it on Twitter, but someone actually said, you know, the premier combination, you know, combo in in the NRL is is Jared Maxwell and Benji Marshall. <laughs> uh, Manly Brett, holy shit! Captain Snooze has had a good game. Yes. So, well, the only one to identify that Eddie NZ. Are we ready to call him no days yet? Jeez, he comes close after that performance. But once again, last time I was inclined to do that, you were like, no, no, he's only played two good games Can't in a row. Really and after that, he went down to the Vulcans. Yeah. So, yeah, and then he's come back for a week or two weeks. He's um, definitely an enigma. Oh, fucking... In every sense you, of the word. Yeah, because like. he, I mean, as we saw, he clearly, I mean, he had a great game overall. He didn't do any of his... You know, maybe it's because he was in the centres and he was like, wasn't as close to the, to, to the touchline. Yeah, I guess. You know, so that, that eradicated a certain amount of his uh, normal captain's news mess-ups. Eddie NZ, this refereeing is a fucking joke. Are you seeing a trend in these tweets? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Manly bred again. Great game, Warriors. Copped a flogging from the refs and still got up. I wish I didn't have so many fucking Tigers in my fantasy team. Uh, tell me about it. Molson didn't do shit for me. I've got to say, like, Kudos to the Warriors for hanging in too. Like, there was some fucking diabolical refereeing decisions. They played against a a team that was clearly on for the large part of the game and and looked as though that they were going to put a a similar sort of scoreline on them to what the Broncos did last week. And they just managed to hang in there and they found a way to just stay close enough. Yeah. And then they they stayed close enough and then they kept putting the pressure on and the Tigers wilted a little bit. And they put a little bit more pressure on them and finally got away with a win. And to come back from the scoreline that they did last week to win that game is a fucking awesome performance. And their fans should be really proud of them. And, um, you know, it only takes, you know, they come up against Melbourne and we'll get to that. But in these sorts of games, when the teams are under, like, immense pressure at certain moments of a game, it only takes... And, and you know, Vatavoy and... Johnson and Locke yeah. and Inu 
all those guys are capable of pulling off some ounce of bullshit well, see at that, any like, given moment see to that, pull that, something that, that no-look offload from lock yeah. through traffic to still find yeah. Maloney backhanded backing up. Yeah. to hit a guy that was two, go, had two to go West through Tigers two defenders to get yeah. into a position to take it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it only takes one or two of those plays when your opposition's under immense pressure to yep. to get them to sort of flinch a little bit. Yeah. You know, they're not without a chance this week either. No, I would agree. Uh, what have we got here? Williams, 277. Bah-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. of all people. <laughs> Glad the commentators can finally take Benji's cock out of their mouths. Yeah. Dim Sim 19. It annoys me as much as anyone else, I must admit. Dim Sim 19. Excuse me while I find the closest Captain Snooze and burn it to the fucking ground. <laughs> <laughs> there was a bit of that sentiment in me as yeah. well, I must admit. Smoky O's Barbecue. Glenn, what are your thoughts? Glenn. 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 <laughs> thoughts. Glenn. <laughs> Glenn. Has that guy ever tweeted us before? I don't know, but he went hard after this game, let me tell you. I've, got a, I've, I've literally got another one for him. We've got Backwards Hit, who is the... We have to give him... Um, Credit. He's he's the most vocal Warriors fan I think that we that we had have as a listener. He gave it to me after the game, the next day, the day after that. And the problem is, his excuse for them losing so badly to the Broncos was such ridiculous bullshit. But it's come back to you know that to a point where now they've won, he can say it was true. Yeah. When I mean, he said the Warriors' strategy of losing last week has lulled the opponents into a false sense of security, pussy's next. Then drizzle, then grand final. That's what his last one was, and then and he drizzle. came back, and then he came out to say, "Oh, see, I told you. That's exactly what it said would happen, and it happened." Yeah, which yeah, <laughs> it's, fucking, it's, anno- it's annoying when I mean because he's just he's just being an ass, but yeah. it's annoying. Hey, when Tony he's actually, Strange, yeah. you know what? I'm a prophet too. I said you're a dickhead. Turns out it was fucking true. <laughs> Smokey O's barbecue again, Lieutenant Colonel Snooze. I love you. <laughs> he's, he's clearly he's gained a promotion out of this whole performance. That's magnificent. Helios, as as of about half an hour after the game, I still can't completely believe what happened. Wow. You and me both, Wow. Tiger. And then he had in brackets at the end, P.S. Sorry, Glenn. Thanks, mate. He's such a thoughtful dude. He is, he is. Simon Durry, the refs may have tried to shaft the Warriors, but the rugby league guys were looking over us on that last try. Yes. Freako night. It was the loss the Tigers had to have, and they'll be a better team for it. Dot, 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 dot. Next year. <laughs> See, that's that's the funny thing. How many of these tweets have been just your words coming back to haunt you? Yeah. <laughs> NZ Tiger. Put yourself out there. You do. You, that's the thing. You stick your head up and just, it's easy to knock it right off. Yeah. NZ Tiger. Sheen said Benji could win or lose the Tigers a game. His decision to run on the fifth with five minutes to go was the killer. Mind-boggling. Yeah, we could have caught the bond too. We could have. And he could have played. I mean, once the Tigers, I've said the last couple of years that they have like 15, 20 minutes in them of stellar play, and that's been enough to win. Yeah. And it just, and it, I think they've played you, better than that. Look at their scores in the last couple of games. They've all been around 20 points, and that's what that's yielded. And this time, in this game, they played, I think, to a high level for a lot of the game, probably around the first sort of 50, 60 minutes. But that 20 minutes of unstoppable stuff happened in between probably about the, you know, the 10th and 30th minutes of the game. Yeah. And if you take what they, you know, take those minutes out, that's the majority of their score. The only other try they scored actually outside of that period was just that late. I mean, the mark, the marker defense and the goal line defense for Farrah was just one guy who I can't remember who it was, but he got up and he turned his back and at, at yeah. marker and was like looking, he wasn't even looking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you want to be at our, how dominant they might have looked. 
scored one try from dummy half, one try yeah. with Benji were putting a big step on a fucking loaf yeah. of a forward. And then one guy where they put their Tigers probably potentially biggest player against the Warriors' yeah. smallest player, um, which is terrible that he was actually up in the line. But, you know, once again, lazy defence, I guess. Yeah. Our season's done and dusted for another year. And Any last words? Oh, look, I'll be back next year, mate. Of course you will. I'll be back next year, and I don't think a fucking thing's going to change. On my uh, my walk after the game, when I fucking strapped on my weight vest and grabbed the dog, and he wasn't real keen to go for a walk, but I fucking dragged him. Well, anyway. like ten thirty at night or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah. I was like, fuck me, you really need to like dial it back a bit. Like you fucking put yourself through this every fucking year, and it just gets harder and harder. Like you, know, you need you need to get one of those heart rate monitors that actually you can sync up with like your Twitter or something. Yeah. Because I would fucking love to see a heart rate monitor on you that tweeted every like two minutes. Yeah. I have... Through the, through the course of a game. Back, like not last season, season before, I watched two games with my heart rate monitor on. And one of them was a game against the Roosters. And I've maxed it out at 199 beats a minute. <laughs> and what was your resting before the game started? Oh, like, I don't know, fucking 70 or something. <laughs> I was pretty generally about seventy seven. That would be an awesome. That would be an awesome experiment for next season. Actually, like seriously, strap. Why are you up for Tigers games to see how crazy you go? It's, fuck <laughs> this. Like I don't know, man. Like you look at any of those, those games last year. Yeah. That Roosters game. Yeah, well, that was easy. That was, easy would have cracked two hundred. Everyone who was watching it, it would have cracked two hundred because I mean, you know, that game is the best game of the modern era, really. So, um, anyway, that's enough about that game. Let me rest in peace. Okay, Saturday, the Brisbane Broncos, 13, defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons, 12. Dragons started well, both sides did really, but once Brisbane got the first penalty of the night, they really put their foot on the throat, and after some repeat sets, it was Ben Teo in for the opening try of the match, and a 6-0 Brisbane lead. They continued to, they proceeded to continue their domination of territory and possession, but they didn't have any more points to show for it, and the sides went to half-time with the same 6-0 scoreline. Oh, Corey missed the... Relatively easy penalty goal too. Yeah, right on half-time. Shit night with the boot. Second half was as tight as the first. Brisbane extending their lead to eight from a Corey Parker penalty goal before the Dragons finally got back into the contest with a try to Adam Cuthbertson, reducing the margin to two points, 8-6. Just when the Dragons were back in it, the Broncos kicked away again with a try out wide to Copley. But continuing his poor night with the boot, Corey Parker again missed the conversion and the margin remained six. Then the incident happened that may define the Broncos' fate in 2011. Darren Lockyer was hanging around the same patch of grass at Suncorp that Jared Beald wanted to land on and his knee collected Lockyer in the face full force, ultimately fracturing his cheekbone that we've all heard about a thousand times this week. Following an errant field goal attempt by the Broncos and a disallowed try to the Dragons, St. George finally got back on level terms with just two minutes remaining in the match with a try to the situation, Darius Boyd. Soward added the extras, and we were tied and headed to Golden Point extra time. Fucking anyone but him. I was like, fucking yeah. hell, don't let him beat the fucking Broncos. And didn't he look smug as hell when he was walking back from after scoring his try? Wow. Yeah. No, no. Well, that's his basic normal yeah, face, his default resting resting position of his face, I guess. <laughs> Brisbane, they kicked off super deep. A You're great not related to Darius Boyd, eh? Maybe. I don't know. I don't feel any particular... Got some fucking similarities. I don't, I don't feel any particular gravitational pull to Wayne Bennett, if that's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love the leader. <laughs> 
Golden point extra time. Brisbane kicked off deep and the Dragons really struggled to make it out of their own end. Jamie Soward gave himself a load of time by kicking on the fourth tackle, but it was a poor kick and the Broncos started their set almost at halfway. From there, it was always going to end in a Broncos field goal and it was Darren Lockyer himself stepping up with the scratchiest field goal you've ever seen, but it went over. Fucking line drive like yeah. a laser, mate. And the Broncos advance like with a 13-12 win. The scoreline would indicate that this game was, was very well, like, pretty much a tight contest throughout. And the Dragons really hung in there with the defence and, and defended like we all know they can. I just, some of the stats, like, tackled yeah. in opposition 20 and stuff. The, they didn't get down into that opposition. The, the Dragons had that stat. They didn't really kick it off hardly in the game. And it was a credit to how well that they defended with, like, the Broncos really dominated a Every, lot of, you yeah. know, field position and um, and possession and really, you know, only had a 6-0 lead at the, at the break to show for it. And I honestly thought that, you know, the Dragons, when, when Boyd got his try, I thought, oh, here we go. Yeah. It's it's just it's going to be a Jamie Soward situation. It turned out it was a it was a locky situation. Just all thanks to the the, the way that you know, the Broncos kicked off, and uh, you know they I think they had to take it pretty much just inside the in goal. They didn't get over their ten on the on the first uh, tackle. Yeah, and they didn't get over the thirty in their set. Said it earlier. You know, a lot of players announce their retirement or, or go out of the game maybe a year too late, sometimes more, um, or go to England. Yeah. When it's already a year too late and go and, you know, get their super payments over there. But Darren Lockyer's kicking, you know, field goals yeah. in pressure situations, golden point games like this with a busted face. Yeah. yeah. With a maximum of two games left in his career. Yeah. And like the story of his career is already a fairy tale, regardless of what happens this weekend or, yeah. you know, in the grand final if they were to be successful this weekend. But that's a nice exclamation point. <laughs> yep. You know, like, just can still do that. He's yep. not running out there and say what you want about his defense at times, but the influence that he still has over those guys, not just purely for nostalgic reasons, it's purely for the the, the way he's revered by his teammates and, and a lot of his opponents and, and his ability on the field. It's, you know, he's, he's a player of our generation that we'll be talking about, you know, oh, fuck it. Jackson's four, and he'll be talking about it to his kids. So, um, it's I don't know that that's a good sign, but he's um, he's already obsessed with him, and he's only yeah. really been aware of him for the last you know sort of season and yeah. three quarters or whatever, or fuck, almost two seasons complete now. It's hard to believe it's almost happening. But the Dragons had I, I had a feeling that the Dragons had a performance like that left in them, and unfortunately, it wasn't enough for them to get the win. Um, I think their fans would have taken a lot out of that. They've copped a lot of flack for the last few months for the way that they've been playing, and and it was some of their performances are very much undragons like and unbennett like. But this one, they they put it all together, and yeah, they didn't get the win. But I just I don't know that's going to carry on next season. That's my biggest fear for the dragons. Yeah, there's there's a couple of big factors of that team. They're moving on, <laughs> but. Look, you only have to look at what the Broncos did this year. They sacked their coach two weeks out from the season and had a guy come in now that's coached them all the way to one you know, one game from a grand final. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Price might be the biggest fucking genius coach in the history of rugby league. We don't yeah. know yet. Um, I just I have my reservations as to the impact that Wayne Bennett leaving that club is going to have. 
and well, just, the way you, you, I mean, it's, it must have played on their mind. And I mean, people talk about the choking thing. They didn't, definitely didn't choke in this game. No, but they may have. But you know, if they choked, they choked ten rounds out. That's when it started to fall apart. Like you know, definitely stumbled. Devastating losses to Souths and you know, teams like that. I think as a team, that you know, they play. Obviously, they're a very proud organisation as a club, as steeped in tradition, and those players won the comp last year, and they didn't want to go out with a whimper. They wanted yep. to put their best performance on, and I think they did that. And it was a shame that they didn't get the win. Um, you know. I definitely buy into the Lockie fairy tale. You don't, but um, I just, you know, fuck, he couldn't have scripted it any better. You know, as no. far as whoever wrote his book or whoever's, <laughs> you know, if you're going to make a movie about his career, like that's the way you would have scripted. You know, possibly his, his second, second last, or or his fuck yeah, his third last game. Yeah, it's second last. Sorry. Second last. <laughs> In your eyes, maybe. But the Dragons, will, you know, the Dragons fans will, will no doubt be proud of their boys and um, the performance that they put together. Just, it's, it's hard to be too critical of them or what went well, wrong, no. really. Like, it was just a fucking epic game the for one a thing, semi. I thought it was the, good. the one thing that, I, was, that I, I didn't agree with necessarily is the commentators were just absolutely fellating the Broncos. And they, and they said a couple of times that if any other team had been playing, they would have lost by 30. And that's not necessarily true. Broncos had a ton of possession in an awesome field position. But when they seemed to get in the 10-meter sort of area from the try line, they just kept passing it side to side. And the Dragons, the gaps were there, but they were standing there and waiting for them. If any of those Broncos forwards had have taken a bit of a run up and run a line off a short pass, they would have scored easily. Yeah. But they only kept going. They just kept going side to side and maybe put up a kick. And then Ben Hornby... <laughs> Idiot <laughs> in a clinic of how not to block, yeah, <laughs> and and how and how not to choose your spots either. Because there was one time there where he got penalised where Boyd took it unopposed about you know five meters away from the nearest Bronco chaser. Um, he didn't need to be didn't need to be shielded blatantly, and then he ended up giving up the penalty as a result. Yeah, some some of those sort of decisions <laughs> make you shake your head. The, the Broncos, they, those young kids. They don't, you know, reputations aren't going to mean much to them, you know, and that's, you know, they're going to have to, Manly's going to have their work cut out for them because they weren't overawed by playing against the, the Premiers and they, I don't think there was a bad performer among them, really. No, I don't you know. think so either. Um, and they're, that, I don't they're, think there's really a bad take performer Lockie, on the field. Take Lockie out of the equation, that's a fucking young side. Yeah. You know, with Beal... Yaoyi, Jack Reed, who's still in his first season. Yeah. Um, Copley played in this game. Um, Gillette, Glenn. Like, yep. holy shit. I, you know, we all know what Lockie means to the team, and that's the biggest challenge looking forward to next year is, what the fuck? What yeah. do they, you know, what do they do there? Like, they've got all the, a lot of great ingredients to that side, but he's the one that brings them all together and gets yep. the most out of them. Oh, they got and super superstar Luke Capewell. Lukeia, <laughs> Lukey, yeah, <laughs> Darren Lukey. Unbelievable. <laughs> but look, I um, it's their youth that is going to get them over the line, or, or get them to the line. But it'll be Lockie that gets them over the line. It's just the the fact that they 
can still perform. They don't have that experience of, of having massive failures on big stages um, and still just have that confidence that they're bulletproof yeah. and, and can do anything. And whether they ride that all the way to the grand final remains to be seen. But, geez, they've had a fucking cracking year where no one really had them making the finals with the disrupted start to the season they yeah. had with, with Henjack's situation. And um, Fucking great job. Got to give them credit. Yep. Okay, Twitter. Now I just want to preface this, this Twitter discussion by saying, remind me to edit out all the C-bombs. Here we go. 102 Megan. So in summary, rugby league fans agree that Justin Hodges oh, is... Oh, we didn't even bring that up. Yeah. Well, I'll do it after this tweet. This one really sets the tone, I think. So in summary, rugby league fans agree that Justin Hodges is... A scumbag, cat, dog, and a fuckwit. I concur, Twitter. What we're, of course, referring to is the moment in the game where Brett Morris took... Broncos Broncos did a, a line dropout. A dropout, yeah. Uh, Brett Morris took the ball probably about 45 metres out. He must have jumped a little bit. Something happened. He landed wrong, and he just collapsed like... It was almost, it was like when uh, last season when Moulton did his knee. He just yeah. collapsed like he'd been like hit a by sniper. a sniper. Um, and the player, was it Ben Cray who was standing behind it him? It was definitely time? Ben Cray. I've got a few um, thoughts on that. And, and he was pretty much tending to him at that immediately standing oh, over him and <laughs> Justin Hodges from the goal line obviously comes with his 40 meter run up and just smashes him when he was on the ground <laughs> I don't know that it was as bad like it, it looked bad but he, he smashed him full force without holding a thing back not like the guy's running at full pace yeah and not long before he got there Morris made an F like made a movement as if he was going to get up and go I think he made a movement just like to sort of flag that he was injured I don't think he was going. To, he wasn't looking like he was getting up. Yeah, dude was dude was writhing around on the ground in fucking agony. I still think it was pretty ordinary. It um, was, and let, let's let's just get one thing off the table first. It was it was legal. I mean, it was it, what yeah, he did definitely. Was, it was it was within the rules of the game, and that's the best thing that can be said for it. Unfortunately, because everything else, I can't say anything positive about it. And like, and th- the funny not thing a is, look. And the funny thing is, well, they say like, you know, when they put the flop out of the game. Yeah. You know, presumably to prevent you know, <laughs> like well, you know, stuff happening to you know from you know on fallen players after they've been brought down and stuff like. That. Same diff, but I mean, you know, the legality of it's it's there's no question that it was it was uh, legal to do, but holy shit, it was outside the spirit of the game, massively outside the spirit. This from a manly fan. It says um, six on one on the sideline. Yeah, fuck. well, that's not the same. in the spirit of the game. That's the same situation. Give me fuck. One, the two situations are entirely different, and just because one wasn't doesn't mean the other one wasn't either. Do you know what I took most out of that little tape to tape? What's that? Is the fact that, like, you want to talk about how you'd run in to help your mates? Yeah. Right in that whole fight with situation we went over yeah, yeah. a few weeks ago. Yeah. Your mates lying on the fucking ground. Yeah. Writhing in agony. Yeah. And some cocksucker <laughs> runs from forty meters. And fucking pumps him while he's on the ground. <laughs> what are you going to do? You're going to fucking throw down, right? Would you stomp on his face or something? No, I fucking would. If yeah. my mate was fucking prone. Well, you'd pick him You'd, you'd pick him up and throw him off kind of thing. Well, you know? I don't know. I'm from yeah. Campbelltown. I'll stomp on his fucking face. Yeah, you might get your mate, though. You'd stomp no. on the back of his head. Because... Please, look. It's not the first time we've ever stomped on someone's face. My accuracy's <laughs> there. Don't even worry about that. What about Ben Crater? 
Cat Fuck all. Yeah, like like Ben. Well, you know Ben Cray's got history. He's got runs on the runs on the board in that respect. I mean, we remember Origin three in two thousand and nine, where he ran up and pushed Hodges and ran away immediately. It was Hodges. It was Hodges. It, it was, was Hodges. Yeah, it was, I was. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was Hodges or Thorday. I'm pretty sure it was. Hodges, I thought, oh, that's really good. those two got Hodges history. Was, no Hodges wonder was he didn't. The one that, yeah, Hodges was the one that instigated the up and under, like smash with the Gidley. throat slit and all the yeah, rest. Yeah. But I thought that <laughs> for some reason I, I thought back to that and I thought, no, 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 it's Thorday. It could have been. It could have been Thorday too. I think it was Hodges, though. Anyway, the one constant yeah. is that Ben Cray yeah. put it in reverse. The reversing yeah. beeper went on Again. for all to hear. It's almost like he's a, like he's uh, one of those um, you know, remote-controlled cars that has like a sensor and on it. When it comes up to something, it just turns the other way. That guy is a capable athlete and a capable rugby league player, and kudos to him. It'd be fucked if I want him in the trenches beside me. Absolutely not. Goes or it'd be fucked if I want him standing there as the only person within 15 metres... Uh, able to stand up to me whilst I'm fucking writhing around on the ground in agony after I've <laughs> A, fucked my ankle and B, had someone come from 40 metres and fucking smack me while I'm laying on the yeah, ground yeah. unable to defend myself. Yeah, and the, the, the incident, I mean, like, let's, I don't think he should have been suspended for it. I mean, that's, you know, because it was, it was legal and, I mean... So let's pay tribute to rugby to Ben Cray, the rugby league player, and Ben Cray, the athlete. How? Well, let, by saying let's pay tribute to I didn't have any... I wasn't going to sing a song or play my trumpet but I'm just saying but um, I'm certainly not going to uh, pay homage no. to uh, Ben no. Cray the bloke who stands up for his mates and the incident just to cap on that incident I think it, it, it said a lot about Justin Hodges a lot about Justin Hodges that yes. we've that we've said before volumes if volumes you will. it said volumes about Justin Hodges and, and his uh, character or lack thereof Billy Boy 887 if that was Really? Do you do you reckon Steve Maddow wouldn't have run from forty meters and smacked him while he's on the ground? No, yeah, wouldn't smack him because all he had to do is walk up and put a hand on the guy. I mean, Maddow he would have done it. He wouldn't have done it just to you know because he could have put his shoulder out. <laughs> and why was he putting his shoulder out and the guy that's already on the ground? I mean, like it was blatantly apparent that that Morris wasn't going anywhere, and he certainly wasn't looking like he was going to toss an offload off the ground or anything. I mean, he was doing nothing except moaning, like he'd been shot by a sniper. And rightly so. I'm not saying I'm not not saying anything against him for being in agony because I mean it's turned out you know he sprained his ankle or something. And oh then, yeah, he's and, fucked and up. all credit to him, he actually played for you know another ten or so minutes with that injury. Yeah, a lot of people were making you know, and rightfully so, making a lot of noise about what Lockie did, and he deserves all the raps in the world. Yeah, walk but, on your face. Well, you <laughs> that's true. You don't run with your that face. That is true. It's a contact sport, and it's a very <laughs> tough moment, but. Fucking play in ten minutes. Took a bomb, defused a bomb, save a try as well, ten and then landed on that. Ten minutes ankle. Yeah, got to give him credit for Kudos that. Kudos to you, Brett Morris. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, Billy Boy eight eight seven. Dirty, 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 dirty. <laughs> that fucking Hodges. <laughs> fucking disgraceful. Don't forget to delete that one out too. I'll keep it out. This whole section, you won't believe how many there are. Uh, Dragons underscore Red V. Fitting that Lockie kicked the game winner. He's been a champion throughout his career. So proud of the boys. Showed a lot of heart. That's come from a Dragons fan. That's a nice. fucking awesome tweet, that is. Yeah, from a Dragons fan. Bend me over, Hopper. Credit where it's due, guys. I hate the choke more than anyone, but that was an epic game. Yeah. Pity next week will be Lockie's last. Do you yeah. know, like, you get to that point late in the season before the semis, and we've spoken about it a lot. Like, there was a couple of rounds where 50% of the games were absolutely vervazellas. Yeah, yeah. Like, these sorts up. of games restore your faith in rugby league. <laughs> You know? yeah, it's finals. I mean, it's great to see a final style game. Just awesome. Eddie NZ. Broncos versus Manly should be a grand final. Easily the two best teams running around. Oh, fuck. That's a bit, that's a bit of a back-ended 
well, not really backhand. It's Australia insult to Melbourne, isn't it? Yeah, it is Australia insult to Melbourne. Oh well, Annalise underscore oh eight. Darren Fuck, Lockie, here we go. Darren Lockyer will be John Sattler two point oh on Friday night. <laughs> In the surf, John Sattler won, didn't he? <laughs> Yeah, he did. In the surf. She's well, already she was already giving up on the game. Poor you, Annalise. <laughs> I thought you had more faith in your boys. In the surf. Well, as usual, Hodges showed us just how much of a fucking dog he is. He's worse than Thigh Day with his cheap shots and third man in. Then we got Jamos STG. Heartbreak for me, but you can't say we choked. Versed an amazing team on fire at home. I'm proud of the hash red V more than ever. Yeah, so you should be. That's good that they like. They all seem to be like proud of their side, and uh, yeah, definitely. And they and they're not like sort of cowering in the corner and saying, "Oh, fuck." To be joking. fair though, they even when they're on their losing streak, they weren't like that. I'll give them that. Look, they've got every right to be proud of their team. Bridgman RL, congratulations, Hodges. You are officially the biggest grub of two thousand and eleven. Yeah, I find that hard. <laughs> yeah, fair fair call. I mean, as far as on field incidents, uh, Louis come out for a late charge though, but. Vote for it on the Twillies. That is a category. Definitely. Michael Darren, 79. Are we going to keep that strictly to on-field behaviour? Have to. <sighs> Tough. Fuck. Wait. Open up a can of worms there. Yeah. Michael Darren, 79. I know who's going to win that award. I fucking guarantee who's going to win that award anyway. Steve Maddow. No. Glenn Stewart. Let's not say now because like we don't want to preempt the vote, but I'll tell you after we stop recording. Manly Ruminga. Michael Darren, Club. 79. Justin Hodges, you absolute in capital letters, of a man. How tough are you? Maggot. And I hate the dragons. Justin Hodges, not a popular individual. <laughs> and, I'm, and I think in front There's of... There's an understatement of the episode. And I guess in front of a Sydney crowd this weekend, I mean, he's probably going to hear a lot of it. Yeah, he's heard his old career. I don't think that's going to bother him too much. Previews, the finals, week three of season 2011 kickoff Friday night football. Mighty Manly Sea Eagles versus the Brisbane Broncos at the Sydney Football Stadium. I think Manly are the best team in the comp at the moment. But. Ding! (laughs) (laughs) Um, I honestly feel like they'll win the grand final, but. I don't know. The. Ah, look, I love the Lockie fairy tale story. And I know fairy tales belong in fucking storybooks or children's books or whatever. Storybooks about beaver. Sorry? Storybooks about beaver. (laughs) (laughs) Or Roy Simmons. So, for that reason, I'm going to tip the Broncos for Jackson's sake. So, what you're saying is you don't think the Broncos are going to win, but you've got to go on the record and tip the Broncos for the sake of your son. Because he listens to this show that's full of C-bombs and shit. That's, that's what you're saying, right? <laughs> that's why he's got such a potty mouth. It's terrible. <laughs> I don't know where he gets it from. Oh, hang on. Yeah, I do. Um, no, I'm tipping the Broncos for Jackson's sake and the Lockie factor. Like you, like, so like your tip has some sort of weight that's going to help them win? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, I tip the Tigers pre- every week. Yeah, that Because you already prefaced that by saying you think Manly's going to win. <laughs> Look, Manly are a great side. and Ding. Oh, fucking, you stop doing that. <laughs> you're a cockhead. <laughs> They're they're a great side, and I just I don't want to see, and you know I don't want to take anything away from the Warriors, but anything that could lead us away from a fucking manly Melbourne Grand Final, I'm all for. So 
So why don't you get the Go Warriors the to win then? Sorry? Let the Warriors Maybe win. I will, Nathan. Yeah, all right. Maybe we'll just change shit up and put so, our own flavour on it left, right and centre. So I have some thoughts. If Manly produced their second half from the last game, fucking Broncos won't get within Cooey. It'll be comfortable win. I'm talking 10 points plus at a bare minimum. Uh, if Lockie doesn't play, ditto. Uh, if Lockie does play, you know, Broncos are obviously going to be a better showing. But I really believe that based on like, just the whole crowd... Start back? Yes. But the crowd from last week, the location where the game was played... The occasion at that location being Lockie's last game that he's ever going to play there, and given the fact that it was him versus his, his old mentor who, who coached him for the vast majority of his career, I think they played their grand final last week, to be honest. Yeah, we saw it in uh, 2009. Mm-hmm. I think the against, Broncos against the Dragons at epic, Lane Park, yeah. Yeah, they played that epic semi against the Dragons. Well, they absolutely fucked them up like 24 6 or something. Oh, like, destroyed them. Their forwards absolutely obliterated them. And. Come out next week and got done. And they got done by heaps by the storm, wasn't it? Like yeah. 40, 40 yeah. something. Oh, yeah. obliterated them. Yeah, yeah. And I have a feeling that I don't think, I'm not predicting that kind of scoreline, but I really got the feeling You're not that, predicting 40 nil? No, no, we saved that for the week after. <laughs> That's the special occasions, not preliminaries. <laughs> um, but yeah, and if and if that's the case, the other, th- the other thing is um, they've had a real good run in this final series at home, with the Lockie fairy tale, bringing massive crowds in, which, you know, they would have got big crowds anyway, but bringing a crowds with the kind of energy because these people that are attending these games know that, you know, it's the last time or it's potentially the last time that they're watching Darren Lockie. They're home finals. Yeah, so yeah. The crowds... Well, yeah, the crowds, I mean, the crowds are going to be good. But what I'm saying is the energy, though, yeah. is different to just the finals game because it's, you know, the, every time they're going with the expectation, well, not the expectation, but the accepting the possibility that it's the last time they're watching Lockyer go around. Sure. Um, great for the kids in the side, but as we t- as we talk about through the season with the kids trying to keep it together consistently for back-to-back-to-back-to-back performances, now they're away from home in a, at a venue where they're not going to have very much support at all. And um, that's going to be, you know, they're not going to be at their house, you know, they're going to be staying at hotels. It's going to be a big occasion for the kids and it could, all, it could work against them. It's it could all definitely come crashing it's down. It's not going to work for them. Sorry. There's no way that that's going to work for them. All the best they can hope for is that the kids handle it. You know and what I mean? Look, for a vast majority of the side, this is the biggest game they've ever played in. Yep. And let's not forget, for the coach, biggest game he's, he's biggest, uncharted territory for him, too. Biggest game he's ever coached. So yep. um, that only heightens the amount of expectation and, and reliance upon Lockie. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that he's got busted Ed doesn't yeah. help. It, you know, the, the plus side is, I mean, you know, it might it might take the focus off the younger players, take a bit of pressure off them. But the, uh, from media media side of things, but the um, problem with uh, with the kids is they look up to Lockie and you know, they see him injured. They might be more worried about what Lockie's going to be able to do and is Lockie going to be able to play yeah. versus worrying about what you know what they're doing as well. Uh, I think Lockie would have set the record straight pretty well pretty early yeah. on in the week and said, "Don't worry, I'm playing." Yeah. To put there, like he's he's enough of a professional and and has dealt with enough guys coming up through the ranks throughout his career to know how to handle that. Yeah. Yeah. And look, if Manly play, like you say, if they played like they did in the second half against the Cowboys. I don't think it matters what Lockie does or what Brisbane does. Yep. They won't be able to match that. Yep. But we've spoken before, it's about how each individual team turns up on any given day. Exactly. And I think at this point, 
the, the side that the Broncos are at the moment and the side that Manly are at the moment, if both teams play their absolute peak, I think it'll be an epic game. Yep. But I think Manly will win. Yep. Having said that, there's nothing to say that Manly, you know, a few things go the Broncos' way. Um, you know, who know you don't wish injury upon anyone. There's a lot of factors that can go into Manly not playing at their absolute peak and the Broncos turning on a performance and yep. taking out the game. This is finals football and yep. you've got to show up on the day and Manly have that experience factor as well in the big games for a lot of their squad yep. um, and that's definitely going to work in their favour. Um, Hasler's been there, done that. They've you Many know, times, yeah. vast majority of the teams played in grand finals, several of. Yep. Um, and and some of the, the absolutely integral cogs in the team, um, obviously Brett Stewart, Jamie Lyon, Matt I, uh, Matty Ballon, you know, they've all yeah, played in, like, played in like and Joe, won yeah, grand finals. Like Joe Nolivow's been there, you know, yeah. a couple times. Yeah, Watmo. Uh, Watmo. Um, so Brisbane Brent require, Kite. you know, Another exclamation point on the fairy tale yeah. to to get there, you know, and that game last week would have taken a lot out of them to get over Bennett. Lockie's last game, as you said, we all yep. just went through all that, and that does take a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And to back it up again, come down to hostile territory and put that performance, a performance like that, is going to be required to get over Manly. If Manly only show up at sixty percent. They're still going to have to play every bit as good as they did against the Dragons to to give themselves a chance. So yep. it's a big ask. Um, look, I've I've got a strange feeling that Manly's going to be too good, but I'm I'm buying into the Lockie Fairytale. I hope I hope they get away with a win. Manly got plenty. Super Saturday, the Melbourne Storm versus the New Zealand Warriors at Amy Park in Melbourne. How do you see this one going? Ah, uh, look. There's only one acceptable f- f- excuse for the Tigers bowing out, and that's if they lost to the hands of the eventual premiers. <laughs> <laughs> so you're tipping the Warriors, or are you just saying that you want to tip the Warriors for that reason? <laughs> I don't know. I'm still in therapy. Melbourne um, by plenty. Melbourne versus the Rocks and Diamonds. Uh, look, it's a Rocks week. We're talking about a team that got done by 30 points one week. Mm-hmm. were far from their best yet squeaked out an unconvincing win yeah. the second week albeit gritty and a good win and I'm not taking anything away from them well no but definitely not they're going to have to be fucking a thousand times better the Storm is a defensive unit compared to the Tigers as a defensive unit oh come on Far superior to the let's, Tigers' defence. Yes, let's, so, let's not kid ourselves. So let's just say right now, I mean, you know, there's that try that they scored to win the game against the Tigers. Yeah, unlikely. That's not going to cut against it. guys like you know Billy Slater, you know, who who be in and around that area for catching the ball. Um, tries, however, like the Maloney one off the offload from Lock, that can happen against any fucking team because that was just sheer genius and unstoppable. Yeah. Um, the other one, the the Mateo try, you know. That's plenty stoppable. Uh, Mateo gets on a roll, and it's players like Mateo that trouble the Storm defence. Yep, so if yep. Mateo gets on a roll, why they haven't come off the bench a lot, I don't understand. It's working. Why, you know, it's working for him. Can't argue. 
what's to say if he played 80 minutes, you know, it's 80 it minutes of be, stamina thing. Could be starts, Parramatta. Yeah. Well, Parramatteo. Yeah, <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, mistakes start creeping in, you know, when he gets fatigued. So if they keep him yeah. as, you know... As fresh as possible. Exactly. I just think he's the type of player that needs a ball in his hands as much as possible. I just well, he does get better the longer he's playing, but I just I still don't think he's worth eighty minutes. He has, you get, he has the improved best his fitness a lot, and he's, he said that himself. That's yeah, the reason but putting him on later play. off the bench means that you're getting his best play at the end of the match when you need it, rather than you're starting to fuck up when yeah, you know when, when the pressure's fatigued, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's you know the Warriors in plays like Kevin Locke, Sean Johnson, Felipe Mateo. Um, Lance Ohio, mm-hmm. those sort of guys that have that ounce of unpredictability about them. Um, it's probably part of the reason why the Tigers have a pretty good record against the Storm overall, yep. is that they have all the structure in the world and all the discipline and the way they, they go about their football, specifically in defense. They like to control the tempo and like to control um, the structure and, and where the play is heading. And, and they do that very, very well. It's when you throw plays in the mix that half the time they don't know what's coming. Yeah. So that it's impossible for the Storm to really plan for that. Yeah. That's where they can run into trouble. The Warriors have enough of that, those sorts of players that if they put a few of their best plays on, there's nothing to say they can't do it. Yeah. To go down to Melbourne and do it, uh, with I don't think the week off is going to hurt Melbourne at all. They weren't, Absolutely not. they weren't great against Newcastle, but they did what they had to do to win. And I don't think the week off's going to hurt Manly either because I, mean, I think some of the players needed some rest. Definitely. Definitely. Um, uh, it's, hard to, it's hard to tip against Melbourne. Oh, I, I, I hope because... the Warriors get away with a win. I like those. You know, I, I don't want to see Manly and Melbourne in the grand final again. Yeah, I want to see Manly versus Warriors too. But, I mean, <laughs> Manly versus Melbourne has, has a lot of appeal to me too just because it's like, it's like the rubber match. It's the third time. Um, first time played underneath the rules of the salary cap. Um, although, you know, <laughs> cheating salary cap didn't really concern us last time. Um, but, you know, it'd be nice to you know, take the best Melbourne two out of three. and the Warriors. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Melbourne, I think Melbourne will win and I'm not going to be that displeased if they do. Especially if Manly win on Friday I have night. to tip Melbourne, although I've got a bit of a, you know, you know, I wouldn't mind saying, well, two years in a row, the Tigers, despite their best efforts, they went out to the hands of the eventual premiers. I mean, there's no shame in that. Is there? <laughs> whatever, Is there? Whatever, whatever lets you sleep Hello? at night. Whatever gets you to sleep at night. Fuck <laughs> Two entries for the the mailbox this week, both in voicemails. We got one from uh, Garbs nineteen eighty five, who is a, a regular a regular contributor. He hasn't done it for a few weeks, so I don't think. And the other one from uh, Mister underscore McCarthy. Here's how it went. It's Gabs 1985 here. I'm just trying to get to sleep, but I can't sleep, and I think I have a reason why I can't sleep. After the Broncos game, I've got one thing that's on my mind that is just pissing me off so much, 
And no, it's not Golden Point. It's Justin fucking Hodges. All right? You've got a guy on the other side that is waving down and saying, whoa, 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 hold up, he's really hurt. I understand that you had to come in and complete the tackle, you dickwit, but why'd you have to absolutely smash him when he's possibly broken his leg? Oh, far out, Justin. I just, I hope you get what's coming to you next week. Matto's going to knock the shit out of you. Dragons made when they fucking choke tonight. Time for episode 66. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. Facebook, uh, I checked this this morning, so I'm not sure if it's still the case, but it's a simple equation. 788. Still is? Okay, that's what I've got down here. Simple equation. Two weeks left, 12 likes to go before we reach our goal of 800. I didn't think we'd get there uh, when we first said it. It was quite lofty, considering where we were at the time. However... Just smashing our goals. 12, 12 in two weeks is easy. Definitely doable. Easy. I mean, there's that many. I mean, even if the, like the Facebook people, I mean, there's you know 788 of them. If six of you successfully recommend us to two you friends, know, to two friends, twelve of you, to, you know, if 788 of you recommended us and converted one of your friends, then um, that record would look pretty fucking pretty silly, really. Um, it's that easy, guys. Help us out. Let's go. iTunes, keep the reviews coming. We've got a few more this week, including some funny ones, actually. Did you see the reviews this week? We've got a five-star review here from uh, Jimmy Pop. Listening to Nate and Glenn is like walking in on your roomie's girlfriend in the shower. It's accidental, awkward, but deep down you loved every minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's possibly the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me. We've got one here from a West Tiger supporter without a shadow of a doubt. It's only a three-star review. What? New listeners, the title. Three stars by Popular Ray. I dare say you're unpopular at the moment. I was going to say, Ray, you're not exactly my favourite person. Three fucking stars. Give me 10 seconds and you'll be your favourite person. Righto then. This is the review. One guy talking league and one guy talking manly. Three stars for the first dude. (laughs) (laughs) What a legend. Exactly. I told you you'd turn around. Everybody loves Ray. He's popular now. <laughs> popular in Glenn's household anyway. God, if you're Polynesian, get some tattoos. <laughs> Call my next kid Ray. <laughs> next one is entitled, Wow, Five Stars by Para721023. So um, perhaps that's someone who was born on the 23rd of October, 72. I don't know. Just trying to make sense out of those numbers. Love it. Two guys who tell it like it is, refreshingly honest. Thank you, kind sirs, all of you. Except for you, popular Ray, motherfucker. <laughs> Ray, you're a legend. Website, become a member of the mighty Twill Nation by signing up at thisweekinleague.com and don't forget, shop will be there so you can buy stubby coolers, flat brim caps, baseball style caps. Genuine flex fit. Genuine flex fit. Only the best. The primo. Only the best for you bitches. And we haven't got those shitty printed stubby coolers either. 
full sublimated logos. They're fucking deluxe. Absolute deluxe. They're exactly like the the the, the manly ones that I have actually, except for the manly ones. Sorry. Well, I mean, they're not as good as manly ones because they're not manly. Oh, ones, but as far hang as on a second. <laughs> but I'm saying that the co- fucking loyalty live. I'm saying fucker. I'm saying the build quality is second to none. It is the equal Ooh, of I the premium. You only half redeemed yourself. It is equal to the premium NRL merchandise in the comp. That's yes. what I'm saying. Yes, it is equal or surpassing even. No cheap crap. Tipping, ESL made in Australia, as well. Well, printed in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mm, fucking produced in Australia. Produced in Australia. Hey, true blue, rip, rip, wood chip, and all that. ESL <laughs> tipping. <laughs> like little Aussie battlers trying to make their way in a tough, harsh world. Exactly. ESL tipping, once again, the orders remain exactly the fucking same in the top five. Number one, Rich to Tipster is out by 17. Have I slipped up to sixth or something? No, you're still seventh, I'm afraid. Number two, Tiger Benji, 17 behind the first one. So this is over Red Rover. Warrior Bunny, tied second. What does Tiger Benji know about football? Not a lot. Especially ESL, but he's had a really, really good run. He came from nowhere and then got up to a certain position. But that Rich to Tips is just too fucking far ahead. No one can gun him down. The other one is in fourth position, and I am in fifth. Um, if I had a good round, I could get up to second, but once again, it's futile to get anywhere near the first place. It's game over, Red Rover. You are seventh, as you have been for about the last have three months. Have you noticed, though, not a lot of upsets being going on in the uh, English Super League? No, no, and you see like, the, the tipping thing where you know, how many people have tipped each side. 90-something. It's like always 95-plus yeah. for one side. It's a very lopsided competition, isn't it? Mm. Okay, ESL tipping number one. Sorry, ESL, sorry, NRL tipping, the big one. Freak 09, first, one point ahead of the leader of all season, Fabsy. She's second, one game behind the leader now. Bronco Ringo, third. He's six games behind Fabsy, so given the amount of games we've got left, that's it's over. It's between Fabsy and Freak 09. Just depends which way they fall in these games. Really, it's this week is going to decide it. Yeah, oh, really? Well, you know, if they both get two out of two, I mean, the best that can happen then is a tie on the same amount of points. Yeah, I guess. In the grand final, if one of them gets it right, one gets it wrong in that in the correct order. So really, two games could determine the person who goes into the final game leading. Fabsy really deserves a win. She she's, does, but, you know... She's been consistent. I'd hate to see yeah, her fall at the final hurdle. So are the Tigers. It happens. It's real life, man. consistent all season? Well, you're consistent for, like, the last couple of weeks. Couple. Nine. Should have uh, been ten. Nine. Should be going for yeah, eleven in a row. You're living in the past. Even your team's in <laughs> Bali now. Except for the one... Oh, no, you've gone bail. Uh, number three, number you four. You know, Nicklin's attempt to console me? Eventually, I, she realised how fucking devastated I was. She, she, she knew what, how devastated you would have been. Yeah. She didn't need to be... There's no learning curve. But then, like, when she realised that she could inject a bit of sarcasm into the mix... Oh, okay. ...the next day or so... It's all right, Glennie. you still got 2005, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's cold as ice. <laughs> Um, that chick from Narnia. <laughs> she got nothing on Nicklin. All right, big news. I'm fourth. Okay. Yeah, baby. I can get as high as third, though. Once again, the leaders are too far out with so little uh, games to go. Fifth, a tie between Bobby Bronco and Greg Inglis ate my baby. So uh, those guys, uh, they're, well, they're battling out for the, for the top five finish because uh, they can't get into fourth. How am I going? 26th. Down again. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, uh, time to announce them. Well, not finally, but we've got to announce the, the next round of winners for, yes. the, for the fantastic Jabra Sports Wireless Headsets. 
Two more entrants for the date with Sven, allegedly. Yes, allegedly. Asterisk. In fact, I was looking on the site the other day, and I'm even on the homepage. I mean, it's a very Sven-like character as well. Um, I sex it up with the Scandinavian men. <laughs> Don't they? They might, they? they might turn you off Polynesians. That's how sexy they are. Can you are. imagine, like, you know, eventually when this date eventuates? Yes. And Sven knocks on the door of yes. the lucky winner. <laughs> Open the door. G'day, mate. <laughs> it's like our, our whole fantasy would just be well. I say ours, I mean mine. I'll tell you be right now, pieces. it's not going to happen because they they are a Danish company, so it probably is a proper Sven. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> Surely they could hook him up with some flights. At the very kid. least, he'd be an Olaf. Now <laughs> he's a Sven. <laughs> Please. Now we got uh, the week two winner with a great score of five ninety five, which is a, it's a good score, but it's far less than what it was. Uh, I think the the winner last week was like six seventy one or something, six seventy two, yeah. something like that. So it's significantly down. But five ninety five, he won by I think second. There was a three way tie on five eighty eight, so he's won by seven points. Cages hitmen, and we know Kev, we know Kev on Twitter, so good on yes, him. Yes, we do. And uh, just because we know him, AKA Mrs. Moy Moy, Fooey 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 Fooey's sister's stunt double. <laughs> you know him. We've mentioned him in past episodes. He's actually come good, and he's won himself a Jabra's Sports Wireless headlight headset by being the best player in uh, the fantasy competition. He's not in round very two. popular with his brother Fui. No, no, not at all. Because he's a winner. So doesn't uh, sit well with Fui. So Kev, hit me up. Uh, hit me up on the email. Uh, hello at thisweekinleague dot com or my other email, so we can get coordinated giving you your prize. Now, the second random winner for the for the whole competition, and the second winner for this week is someone with a team by the name Ennis is a Grub. <laughs> oh, that's a great name. Sensational name. Um, I think that might be Hilius. Is it? No. No. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, Ennis is a god well, no, if it was yeah, Ennis is a god, exactly. Do you know what I was thinking? Uh, but in, in any case, Ennis is a grub. If you are the owner of said team, hit us up on hello at thisweekinleague.com to claim your jabber goodness. So once again, guys, if you haven't ended the competition, and let's face it, we know that a lot of you haven't because the numbers of entrances compared to the number of listeners to the show is gross imbalance so even if you shit at it you still a chance yeah it's not it's not too late to enter for the simple fact is that um, we're shit at it yeah although the overall and we win, weren't a chance the overall winner is going to win is going to win a prize no doubt about that however the Jabra headsets that go each week one goes to the winner that week with the highest score for that week and the other one goes to a random person so even if you're in it and shit, you're still a good chance of winning. And um, don't think that because you haven't entered already that you know you're too far behind. That doesn't matter. It's how you perform each week. So um, get in there. And because uh, let's face it, we haven't even given away. Well, we've given away half of them. So halfway there, yeah, it's half to go. There's still four up for grabs. So come on now. Okay, so that's it for me this week. Yes, I'll go back to my uh, therapy sessions and back to my depression for the next several months. And why I'll be back to talk at all? Why would again. you be depressed in what a fucking time to be alive? You got Manly flying high again. That only adds to my depression. In like their sixth or seventh straight final series, unprecedented. And I've still got at least era. another game of there's Lockie Dad. I love Lockie Dad. There's got, Lockie Dad. That's all right. Only one more game of that. Happy days for you. Well, I've still got to get through one more game of it. Yeah, you've got to get and through. then I've got at least one, possibly two more games of Manly. Oh, Manly. Manly, Manly. Well, you'll be going to the grand final. I want some jelly. 
Manly. That's Queenslanders, motherfucker. <laughs> don't try and bring that fucking... Don't bring the jelly thing into Manly, I want mother. some money for a bus fare. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, my train ticket. What else was I going to say? Twilly I'm not Awards. going to the game to support my team because I'm protesting. Give me a picket sign. Give yeah. me a fucking picket sign that says, get to the game and support your team, you cats. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> the fucking tone just shifted then, didn't it? You got angry. I can do that. You got angry. It's part of my... It's part of my morning. I just lash out. It's, just, it's not like, I mean, you know, you, you, you can be angry if you like, but it's not like they dropped the fucking bomb to let Kristen in of all people fucking end your season. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's the sort of shit that should be making one angry. <laughs> Goes Lockie fairy tale. See you next week. See you, Lockie. Lockie leaves a loser. Dig a hole for Lockie. Go, Manly. Go, <laughs> Manly.